The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately if you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture then stick around this is the armed citizen podcast what is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 195 today is tuesday june 8th 2021 today is uh kind of an interesting day kind of a cool day if you've been following us at all on any of the social media stuff today is the four-year anniversary of our very first youtube video being put out in the public so uh four years of this fiasco and i want to say thank you to everyone that's been there since day one those have been taking this weird ride and those that will uh, join the dark side eventually and then all that thank you so much a special shout out goes out to obviously to my patrons um honestly i couldn't do it without you guys you guys are awesome thank you so much uh to the youtube channel members which we just gained a new one today and, and lucy lucy out there uh not only did uh ricardo um joined the channel member but he also sent way long ago a five dollar super chat saying congratulations so it's already kind of disappeared but thank you so much for that but uh yeah four years and uh if you would have asked me four years ago if i would have done this first of all i would have said you're crazy second of all i'm surprised i lasted a month at this but um yeah we're loving it um man mandatory care out there the two dollar super chat for the algorithms thanks appreciate you brother uh, as you guys know, all Super Chats go towards sending care packages to our our troops overseas. Uh, so I'll, thank you very much for all of those. Not asking for Super Chats by any means, but uh, if you do, they, they go uh, towards care packages we send overseas to our, our guys and gals in uniform downrange. So I appreciate you very, very much. If you are live in the chat, then welcome to the dark side. And... Um, we, uh, we don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. And so if you're out there throughout the show, you have a comment, a question that you want to uh, be seen or talked about or answered, if it's relative to the conversation we're having, go ahead and tag myself or any of the people on the panel. And or you could do a super chat. And obviously we will uh, make sure that all super chats are read and seen and all that. But just tag one of us and we'll get to them. If you want to call in, yes, you can call in or text into the show on the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends over at Sportsman's Guide. That phone number is 530-364-4678. If you are a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and that dark space and you can't find the light and hell you're questioning if there is a light out there anymore, uh, feel free to call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I sure as hell can probably give you uh, at least be a decent ear to talk to and talk you through some stuff. But um, yeah, if you are looking for someone that can get you towards medical advice or can help in a medical way and all that, please remember two things. One, you're not alone. You've got a lot of brothers and sisters out there that willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So if you're out there and you need some help, please contact the veteran crisis hotline. 
at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we're spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. So if you want to find out more information on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, check out the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. It is a great group of people that uh, do podcasts and all of that to where it's pro-gun, pro-2A, pro-freedom, all in one area. So if you're interested in that stuff and you're looking for some great podcasts, you probably know all these podcasts that are over there, but they've got them in one central location. Check out selfdefenseradio.net. So I want to first start out, and uh, our, our good friend out there, Rod Gates, says, what's up, ghost? I uh, had a uh, about an hour-long conversation with Rod today. Uh, I miss conversations with Rod. It's been a couple of years since Clover. We were down there. Uh, it's been a couple of years, hasn't it, that we've seen Rod and Shelly? Because uh, they didn't make it, it up to last year, you know? Yeah, it will be this summer. Yeah, so it's it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I had a great talk with Rod. Just just kind of catching up, nothing in particular. Just uh, just kind of catching up and, and saying hey. And obviously, they're up in Idaho now and all of that. Um, but yeah, it was great talking with you, Rod. And thanks for everything that you do and 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 all of that. Um, Midnight Range out there says I identify as a five dollars super chat. What up, ghosts? I saw the cool guns the other day. Uh, saw some cool guns well you have a link in your damn email so if you want to jump on and tell us about the cool guns you saw you got check your email just saying um yeah so before we kind of dive in here all this um like i said i, I do want to say thank you uh to some people this is the like i said this is a four-year anniversary of youtube and none of these people had anything to do with me um starting youtube but they sure as hell had a lot to do with with me staying on youtube having confidence um having a built-in kind of uh it goes well beyond friendship at this point but a built-in support system uh first and foremost is g webs uh g is 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 a mentor to me and i think a lot of us would say that he's a mentor to a lot of us out there the gun channels family and if you don't know what Gun Channels is, Google it. It's, it was around for a long time. Uh, thanks to GWIS for that. But the, the Gun Channels crew really uh, gave me a support system, gave a lot of us, including Clover, a support system, uh, kind of led us through the lobby chats, kind of feel our way through going live and talking with and interacting with other people and, and all of that, and then the support as well. Um, a big one, obviously, is Clover. Clover is one of my dearest friends in this world and um brought me to gun channels we happened to meet in a live chat on someone else's channel ironically we don't watch that channel anymore neither one of us do but uh met in a in a live chat we were in the chat and started talking realized we have a lot in common this that and the other we were about the same size we started about the same time um and all of that and then we kind of just grew together and now um you know everyone knows that Clover and I are, are, are very dear friends. So, uh, Clove, before I bring you in, I do want to say thank you for all the support, all of the times that I've called and had to use your ear to uh, vent. Uh, sometimes I've had to pass ideas off and see what you think. Uh, four years, bro. Uh, I never thought I'd make it this far. My wife even laughs I never thought you'd make it a couple of months, um, which is funny. But uh, thanks for everything, and um, it's kind of awesome that it's me and you tonight. I appreciate you very much, bro. That's so sweet. 
You're so oh. sweet. Yeah. Um, I will say this. It's been an interesting four years. Right. 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 Um, We'll just we'll just say that, and you can get to some super chats because there's been a couple come in. Yes, there has. Real quick before G23, thank you, brother. Uh, G23 is another great one out there, and you can go check out his chat. Um, he does like a four hour chat on a weekend, and it's awesome. But uh, he says a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. He said, "Let's help uh, those who protect our freedoms." Congrats on four years. Thanks, bro. G23 is definitely part of that gun channels crew we talk about and all of that. Uh, thank you so much. Um, there is a three ninety nine out there for I'm the Yeti sup from RGG's live streams. So it's kind of come for full circle, hasn't it? Um, you know, um, I kind of, I don't want to say I discovered him, but I, I, I saw RGG when he was still pretty, uh, like brain, like two weeks into this thing, saw a video and I was like, Oh man, you're doing a good job and, and helped him navigate through some stuff. And now he's blowing up, and now I've got people from his stream coming over, which is awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Yeti out there, uh, 399. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. That's what it's about. How many times have we seen that? That's what's so cool. That is the cool thing about it is it's it's a big, big platform. Even in our niche, we're a very, 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 very minute niche in YouTube. But there's a lot of gun tubers if you want to call them that and we've gotten to know a bunch of them over the years there's so many out there that we never even heard of they're doing great content but it's nice to to kind of you know see channels in their infancy like we were four years ago and and kind of help them because we were helped by people that came before us and and now we expect rgg and these some of these uh newer people coming up to help the next ones coming up as well. And that's really, you pay it forward. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. I mean, a lot of people see it and it's sad that you have folks that look at it from a competitive standpoint. Right. Right. But you know, I look at you, which you're right. At one time we were pretty close to the same size. Now you're three times my size sub sub wise. Right. Um, you know, you look at the gun snob. I've seen I've seen snob out there earlier. Same way, you look at Sarge obnoxious. You know, you look at all of these that were you know started out long after we did, a couple of years even after we did. You know, and it blown past me. And so, you know, I'm not competitive in that sense because for me, there's more about your channel uh, than just numbers. Yeah, uh, it has sure. to do with your connections, with things you're doing behind the scenes. There's just so many different things in different directions you can take a channel. Uh, but it's cool to see those from a from a sub you know perspective, right? Because outside looking in with most viewers, that's what they see. Let's be honest. Sure. Um, and it's cool to see you know watch those channels come up and grow like that. It's it's awesome. You know, so midnight out there says U.S. ten minutes free. Yeah, so everything was ready to go. Clover jumps in. He's like, "Whoa, you sound really weird," and something was going on. So out there, I don't know. I, I mess around with some stuff. Let me know. Does the audio sound okay, you guys? Do you hear an echo from myself or anything? Um, because it was really weird. I had to restart some things, and really not sure. So let me know out there if um, if you've got. Um, if, if there's any audio issues, let me know. There's nothing a hell I can do about it right now. We'll just have to try to fix it for next week. But if it's okay, so five by five, there you go. Okay, so it sounds like we're doing good. 
So, yeah, maybe I just had the – I didn't realize it, and it, it didn't seem to be – it was the same spot. It's all always been, Clove, but maybe something happened to where the game – I don't know. I don't know. No out. telling. No telling. So, like I said, the, the four years is great. We're, we're happy. I, I'm extremely happy that I've made it this long. Um, I'm thankful for everything and everyone that's kind of uh, come to my life because of the YouTube thing, the people that have been inputted into my life because of YouTube. Some of my dearest friends in this world now are people that I've met doing this YouTube thing, and that's kind of cool. So, uh, And there's a lot of people that I consider friends um, that I've actually never met in person. It's just one of those things where, I was talking with Patriot in the Dark today, and he's a fellow Marine and another content creator, a great guy. Uh, we talk all the time on the phone and through email, but I've never met him in person. Um, but I know that, you know, it's one of those things where if we ever do meet in person, it's not, it, it's like, it's kind of like that old friendship. You can see him for years and nothing, it's like, like nothing ever changed or anything. Uh, it's going to be one of those things when I do meet some of these guys. I know a lot of them met a lot of these guys in person, but some of them I never have met in person. And I'd like to. I'd like to meet everyone that I can. Um, stands out there with uh, SS Palm. What's up, homie? But yeah, it's just one of those things that. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It, it, it is. It's it's a weird thing, and you know what I mean. Um, the YouTube thing is weird. Um, you're being being a creator introduces you to a whole nother world of ideas um and weird freaking people weird people uh, yeah. and i'm not saying out there it's weird but we all know there are some weird people out there and yeah and sometimes weird isn't bad um yeah off the exit that hey we need a meet and greet yeah i don't know this guy so uh no uh lance is a buddy of mine from here we shoot together all the time uh but no, yeah, I need, I need to meet him. He's a pretty cool guy. I understand. No, weird is not a, you know, we're, I'm not, don't mean weird in a bad way, <laughs> but like, you know, and, and it's nothing we've said before, right? There's people out there that talk trash about, let's say Yankee. And as far as a person being in a room with Yankee sitting on a sofa, yeah. Yankee's one of the greatest people you can be around. In my opinion Absolutely. really is. No um, I'm sure you would say the same thing. You've been to Yeager's training. I've, I've, I've had interaction and, and spoken to Jaeger uh, at some shows and different things, but never had the extent of a one-on-one time that you've had going to his training. But just from my interactions online with James and then also seeing him at a few shows here and there and having a brief conversation, awesome stand-up guy. Both of those super polarizing figures, right? Um, Rob Pink is the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several projects I'm currently working on with Rob. Uh, and, you know, but I mean, he's got this polarizing thing online for whatever reason. And so a lot of people out there, they don't get to see a lot of times the personal side of things. Now on the flip side of that is the channel that will not be mentioned except by hashtag, right? Who, who people put on a pedestal, right? And this is the flip side of that coin. There's people out there that viewers put on that pedestal is the almighty know-it-all I bow down to you that are trash garbage people in real life. They're horrible individuals. Um, and it's just weird when you, when you do this and you're behind the scenes with a lot of stuff that's going on. Right. Um, and seeing that dynamic is just, it's crazy. T 23's got your back. So does yeah, uh, the people, the people know what I'm talking about. They know what I'm talking about. 
<laughs> and then Andrew says, Mr. Guns and Gear? I don't got a problem with Mike. I really don't. Mike's all right. Mike's, Mike's I all haven't, right. You I know. haven't spent a lot of one-on-one time with him. So We we hung out. I don't hung out. We, we had a, a really good conversation up in Indy a couple years ago for about five or ten minutes. We were over at... Um, I can't remember if it was at Faxon or Hollow Sun. We were at one of the two. Right. And uh, we just kind of hung, hang out for five or 10 minutes and talking more military stuff than anything, kind of backgrounds and stuff. From my interaction with him, really stand up guy. Uh, I don't watch his stuff, but then again, I don't watch, no offense out there, I don't watch a lot of gun stuff on YouTube. If yeah. you're a friend of mine and you're a creator and you put something out, I'll, I'll go and watch it and try to leave a comment and do all of that good stuff. But unless I'm doing research for something um, or something along those lines, I, I don't watch a lot of gun stuff on YouTube. I guess because if you do it, you don't want to live in that realm to where it's consuming everything and all of that. Well, it, but it pulls um, time away. There's time I could be working on things for my channel that I would yeah. be spend, spending watching. And what I'll do is I'll run a playlist a lot of times friends and stuff like that and i'll have it off to the side while i'm editing or while i'm working on you know something else a lot of times i'll do something like that but as far as genuinely clicking tuning in and, and watching something that's firearm related content um it's got to be something i'm interested in it's like any other video i click on youtube right like i extend a courtesy to those fellow colleagues and stuff like that uh by watching and commenting and doing the things you're talking about but as far as an excited to click on it, oh, I need to need to watch this for the sake of watching the video. It's got to fall into one of those categories that I'm interested in, right? It's going to have to be a lever action rifle or it's going to have to be, you know, an old mill surf or, you know, something along that lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watch a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, a lot of music stuff, a lot. I go down a lot of rabbit holes, a lot of, of comedy stuff um stuff like that but yeah I, I i'm all over the spectrum my my feed and youtube is weird let's just say that uh sean white let's let's kind of do this one i like this one uh just not really on topic but we haven't really started the topic yet so let's go with this sean says what knife do you guys carry for your edc at work i carry a bench made griptilian and when i'm not at work i carry a fixed blade sc zancudu i don't i don't i'm probably mispronouncing that but uh i i go through different knives depending on what i'm wearing um i'll go through a gerber i've got a couple of auto blades several auto blades that i, I switch back and forth with i have a um a foldable karambit that i'll i'll carry quite a bit i i go i don't have like one particular blade it really depends on what i'm wearing and all of that stuff um but i've got several uh, my favorites are probably uh auto blades i really do like a really good auto blade we all picked up quite a few really beautiful <laughs> excuse me uh fixed blades knives up at uh wanamaker um that were really beautiful um but yeah i, I don't have like one in particular that is, is that's the go-to one i've got like four or five and i have them out there on the table and kind of I'll just grab one each day. You know, the sentence is weird, but depending on what kind of I see one, I say, oh, let's, let's carry that today. Or um, that's a little bulky for what I'm wearing or whatever. But uh, about four or five, maybe six, somewhere in there that I'll kind of rotate. Do you have like a go-to or do you rotate your EDC knives? 
I'm not a snob when it comes to knives at all because honestly, I don't know enough to be a snob. Neither do I. Um, sure. The one that probably I carry most yeah. is a Kershaw. Uh, what is it called? Kershaw Hotwire. So I think it's like ten bucks at Walmart. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a Buck Trekker, which again is I don't know maybe fifteen twenty bucks at Walmart. I've got a knockoff uh, Sog. Total complete Chinese knockoff, but it's like a stiletto blade. Love it. Um, I will say I'm not a fan of OTFs at all. Okay. Uh, OTFs are cool. Don't get me wrong. The problem I have with OTFs is the aesthetic look. I don't like the handle versus the blade design and the proportions of all that. Uh, it's just something's just off with that. And, I, and I'm sure it has to be that way because of all the mechanism that makes them work. But uh, and again, they're cool. But I just, they're not for me. I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, Bawoosh is in the house. Weird people. What's up, homie? Hello. What's going on, guys? Not much. So you saw some cool guns this past weekend, huh? What happened? I did see some cool guns. Yeah, we uh, we went up to uh, Reading to um, an air museum. And they were having their World War II weekend. And so they had a whole bunch of uh, encampment set up, like reenactors, World War II reenactors. And there were some cool guns, man, all the way up to some 37 millimeter cannons and tanks and yeah. Jeeps with 50 cal, you know, 30 cal Brownings on them and all sorts of fun stuff, man. It was neat. If you go over to my Instagram, there's a there's a cool post. Are you on Instagram? I didn't know that. Yeah, I heard of it one time. They they they're they're probably going to ban me soon. So. Yeah, you along with everybody else, aren't they? They're ba- they're out to ban all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, World War Two, kind of like it just. It, it's not necessarily a World War Two museum, but they like a World War Two like day or weekend. Is that what you're saying? Yep, it's there all the time as an air museum. It's the Mid Atlantic Air Museum, and then once a year they do World War Two weekend, and they bring in um, a whole bunch yeah. of uh, bring you know that stuff in. Okay, that's what I was wanting yep. to know. That yep. stuff is there all the time. It's just brought in. I yeah, I think the I don't I'm I've never been there, so I'm not sure how many of the planes are there all the time. But uh, they brought in. Um, I have a feeling they probably brought in certain some planes and you know all the heavy equipment, and then all the reenactors come. Uh, of, the one guy we talked to said that he does. Uh, they do like one or two a month through all throughout the year, even during the winter. And uh, they bring all their own stuff. They sleep there. You know, they sleep outside in the tents, most of them. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. It, it, it's really cool if you get a chance to go. That is pretty cool. And, and obviously, uh, I'm assuming it had to do with Sunday being June 6th, which was D-Day. Uh, June 6th, 1944, was the, the invasion of Omaha Beach in Normandy. Uh, multiple beaches, I guess, in Normandy. But Omaha was the, kind of the famous one. But that was the anniversary of D-Day. So I'm assuming that that was probably why they had that, I guess, or is it just random that they just happened to fall on that date? I think they, yeah, I think they tie it in. Uh, I think they tie it into that. Um, and they do, uh, you know, they have live music and they do, uh, it's kind of neat. It's kind of reminiscent of like a, what you would imagine like a USO show would be back in the day. Um, you know, a lot of the women dress up, you know, like, like pinup girls and the guys wear their uniforms and they have a big dance every night with live music. It's it's really neat. It really kind of sucks you in, you know. Um, when you're walking around and everybody, you know, a bunch of people around you are dressed in period costumes, kind of, if you want to call it that. Um, and uh, you know, the guys that are the reenactors are really super into it. They know a lot of information about, you know, what what their 
little section is about. You know, we first, you know, you know me, we, we made a beeline over to the first Marine di- Division guys and talked to them for a while. Thanks um, with your grandfather. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, they were set up as, uh, you know, as if they were going to Guadalcanal with the different, you know, they had a bunch of different guns there. Uh, and, uh, you know, the guys are really knowledgeable and, and cool. They're, they're very, um, open. They want you to ask questions. They want to talk to you. It's really fun, man. It's very interactive. And I, I just, you know, if, if anybody's, you know, in, uh, into that kind of thing, it's, it's really cool. And that's in Reading, Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. It's at the Reading airfield. I guess it's, I guess it's called the Reading airfield or Reading air. It's, uh, the mid Atlantic air museum. It's where okay. they have that all year round. Yeah. So Weston wants to know, uh, were you one of the pinups? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't he be, you know? Yeah. I mean, how do you think I got in for free? Right. Uh, <laughs> question, was it at the like the first Marine Division or whatever, was there any old-timer salty Marines that were there during World War II? No, I, not that I saw any there. Um, there were some older guys there, you know, um, but – you know, the guys that we talked to there and the other encampments, most of them were Vietnam and younger, you know, so there were some Vietnam vets that we talked to um, and some, some really nice, really nice guys, really nice people. Um, and then, uh, you know, there were some older guys around, but I didn't, uh, not none that we talked to at the encampments. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you guys are up around the Reading, Pennsylvania, I'm sure they'll probably have a website or something that will publicize next time they do one of these things. But it sounds like a pretty awesome, pretty awesome thing. I'd love to go to that. I mean, it's kind of out of the way, but that would be something like that. It would be something right up my alley, obviously. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, super fun. Let's do that. Um, all right. So before we get going down rabbit holes and, and completely just forget about what we're talking about, obviously – we know that there is the ATF is out there trying to uh, redefine what frame or receiver and the identification of what a firearm is. If you, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. If you're not familiar with this, I'm going to put this out in the uh, in the chat, and it's a link to the summary of what they're doing with receivers. Um, most importantly it's going to give you a link to do your comment. And I think it has until August sometime, I think for the comment on that. Um, I've already left several, but remember you can't, you don't have to leave just one. If you want to leave a thousand of them, you can. Um, If you want to leave one a day, two a day, whatever, do it. The more comments we get, um, that's awesome. The second one that came out um, yesterday that I'm sure everyone's kind of heard about. And I'm not going to go into this, that, and the other because I have not read all 71 pages of it yet. I'm not going to lie. I've read a lot. I've skimmed through it. There's 71 pages of this thing. I'm sure that Crump or, you know, um, Jared or someone has put something out on this. GOA has probably put something out on this FPC. Some. Uh, go check their websites and all that. But what I am going to do is I'm going to put this um, in the chat. This is a link that you'll have to go to read the summary. It will also have a link to the PDF of all 71 pages of uh, what they're trying to do with the definition of a stabilizing brace. 
and um, the con the comment period has not started yet. Um, when you do go to these websites, the ATF.gov, and you and you go to these, there will be a pop up, and it says, "Do you want to be notified?" I would suggest, and I'm sure Midnight and Clover, you probably are as well. Um, but sign up for notifications and email alerts from the ATF. And every time they put something out, you'll be notified through email and whether or not you like them or not, or agree with them and all that, at least that you will be up to date every time they do release something. Um, but on, on the, 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 the factoring criteria for firearms with attached stabilizing braces, I'm just going to read uh, the summary real quick. Okay. And then we'll go into discussion, but this is uh, from the ATF.gov. On June 7th, 2021, the Attorney General signed ATF proposed rule 2021R-08, factoring criteria for firearms with attached stabilizing braces. This will amend the ATF's regulation to clarify when a rifle is intended to be fired from the shoulder. The proposed rule outlines the factors ATF would consider when evaluating firearms equipped with a, a, a purported stabilizing brace to determine whether these weapons would be considered a rifle or a short-barreled rifle under the Gun Control Act of 1968 or a rifle or firearm subject to regulation under the NFA. What is proposed in this rulemaking? In this rulemaking the proposed rule <clears throat> excuse me, would, one, amend the definition of a rifle in 27 CFR, blah, 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 uh, respectively, by adding a sentence at the end of each definition to clarify the term rifle includes any weapon with a rifled barrel equipped with an attached stabilizing brace that has objective design features and characteristics that indicate that the firearm is designed to be fired from the shoulder. Part two, set forth in a worksheet factoring criteria for rifled barrel weapons with accessories commonly referred to as stabilizing braces, ATF Worksheet 4999, to aid the firearms industry and public in understanding the criteria the ATF considers when evaluating firearm samples that are submitted with an attached stabilizing brace or similar component accessory. This proposed rule would not affect stabilizing braces that are objectively designed and intended as stabilizing brace for use by individuals with disabilities and not for shouldering the weapon as a rifle. Such stabilizing braces are designed to conform to the arm and not as a buttstock. Um, goes on, it says, uh, ATF is receiving comments on the proposed rule for 90 days starting the date the proposed rule is posted in the Federal Register, which it has not been yet. We will update this section when the proposed rule is published in the Federal Register. You may submit comments, blah, 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 blah. And then it says here, if you commented in 2020, now this is interesting where it gets, I don't know if you guys have read this or not, but it says, this proposed rule is a separate action from the notice on the objective factors for classifying weapons with stabilizing braces published on December 18th, 2020 and withdrawn on December 31st, 2020. No comments received under the withdrawn notice were considered for this proposed rule and no comments received pursuant to that notice will be considered as part of this proposed rule. Commenters will need to submit new comments in connection with the proposed rule. So if you guys remember, we basically, 
went nuts on the comment section on, on the braces there right before Christmas and New Year's Eve. They said, you know, we're withdrawing this. I really hope that we can do the same thing when this comment period comes out. What I want to do is I want to piss some people off. I like pissing people off. And I want to bring in Midnight and Clover. I want to bring in Midnight real quick and, and say, I'm not saying that any of us agree with this or like this in any way, but are you surprised that they resubmitted this or they're going to open up? They, they withdrew it back in December. Are you surprised, Midnight, that they've come back again and seemingly doing it again? I am I am zero percent, zero percent surprised. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things I watched a, uh, a couple of videos on it um, and they really have a ton of stuff in this bill, it seems like. Um, yeah. And I know the first one that was submitted, you know, last year or whatever, where everybody, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of us uh, wrote in one of the big things was how vague some of the um, some of their uh, wording was and how are you going to do this and how are you going to clarify that and, like this doesn't even make sense <clears throat> um, it seems like they packed this thing full of all sorts of uh, wording to just try and cover anything and everything they can whether it makes sense or not um, from you know uh, the the whether the brace wraps around your arm or it doesn't, they literally, they, they mentioned the CAC brace by name, um, the amount of material at the end of the brace, how much the gun weighs. It, they're talking about the way the sights are used, all sorts of stuff. And I think they're doing their damnedest to just put as much stuff into this and just shut everybody up and just to not, you know, just to not let anybody have any kind of rebuttal. Um, and it's it's pretty worrisome. Uh, I, I I mean I don't know what's going to happen obviously in the future, but I know, you know, looking at it and look, seeing some of the stuff that they have in there, I was I was really surprised. It's almost like uh, I, I and this sounds I don't I don't this sounds bad, but it's I feel like they almost took the last um, period where we could write in took all the stuff that we, you know, that people said, this is vague and that's vague and how could you do this? And they tried to fix it. Yeah, um, now, whether they did a great job at it, I don't know if they did a great job at it, but they sure as hell tried to patch a bunch of holes in it, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just put a link out there to the 71-page PDF that's out there that you can download. Um, 71 pages, read it. I, I've read a lot of it. I haven't read all of it and I've got it up here. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, they go into a lot of things. And I think that you're right when it says that they said that none of the comments were used that that's, that's crap. Um, I think, I think that they realized with the onslaught of comments are coming in first, we're up for a fight too. If we're going to do this, we need to, they, they like to talk about loopholes, uh, they, but they needed in their minds, they needed to close up some loopholes or clean up some language. And I think what they've done and what I've read is to, this goes well beyond stabilizing braces. Um, this is going to be something that could affect a lot of accessories um, that it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, yeah, go out there and, um, 
so Travis T says, uh, find creative ways to show them how ridiculous the whole concept of regulation of even SBRs is. So here, here's the thing. And, 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 and in part of this, and I, I, I can't find it because it's 71 pages, but they go in and they're talking about short barrel rifles and talking about the dangerous short barrel rifle and short barrel shotguns. What they, to me, what they, and this is feel free to y'all jump in on this, but to me, I, I think that they're missing the boat for me personally. And anyone that spends a long time, well, let's just take an AR 15 and two, two, three, for example, and you have one that's a 16, 18, hell, even a 20 inch barrel with a two, two, three. It might not be effective, but it can reach out and touch a thousand yards easily, right? But you get yourself a 10 and a half or a seven and a half inch pistol or SBR, and you're cutting that effective range and and not just effective range, but overall range at least in half. You know, you're talking about shooting a 223 at 250 yards at that point. Not really sure if that's even an effective range for, let's say, a seven and a half inch AR pistol. So, exactly what is the danger? Um, it's it's not going to travel with as much force. It's not going to travel with distance and all that. But the ATF literally says in this thing that short barrel rifles and short barrel shotguns are a danger to society. And uh, Clover, I know you already unmuted. Do you want to address this first and, and see, you know, how, how do they come yeah, up with the idea that they are more dangerous than longer barreled rifles? So who knows how they come up with anything? I think we need to be sure. careful going down the um, how dangerous they are. I thought for a second you were going to point, you were going to say, because you know, no crimes get committed. Well, they're going to go to, that's because the NFA and they're registered and all that. So we got to be careful, I think, going down that road. To answer your question about being more dangerous, I think you've got to also look at the uh, commonality, the prevalence. I don't know what the word is. Uh, nowadays of alternative calibers, right? I know that most people out there, they think two, two, three, five, five, six. My mind is totally different. I was 300 blackout before it was ever even remotely cool. Talk about this all the time. It was called 300 whisper. Um, my eight and a half inch passed pretty much the same exact effective range as my 16 inch. Pretty much exactly the same. I can do about the same with it. Um, especially if you're talking a human sized target, right? Specifically hunting and things like that. Um, what it's so I don't see any mention of caliber or anything like that which is sort of concerning when they want to point to one thing being more dangerous than another because is it is it really what you're saying is true that some calibers you lose all types of efficiency and effectiveness let's say right by going to that short of a barrel others others not so much so there's no consistency there and to supply, to provide a catch all rule. And that was the other thing. And I, I know that midnight misspoke when he said bill, uh, this is not a bill. And that's one of the number one problems with this. This is a bureaucratic rule change. If this was a bill that was going through Congress and we could call our representatives and throw a fit and it actually went to a vote and other things um, would be a totally different situation. Um, this is, overreach pure and simple of changing definitions in legislation now to tie that to the past 
I've got two examples of, of things I want to talk about real quick. Number one is the bump stock thing. If you remember, there was two bump stock comment periods. The first one, we crushed it, absolutely crushed it. And then they brought it back later on. A few months later, they brought it back. Yeah. And absolutely. we didn't crush it so much on that one. We got complacent. Folks wasn't paying attention. They, they wear us down and wear us out with these comment periods. So we have to be super active. Uh, and get the word out and continue the fight. Unfortunately, as for um, where this will eventually lead, I point back again. I fall back to my experience in the nineties, shooting, talking about looking at building, whatever AR pistols. We didn't have pistol braces. And sure. back then there was a huge gray area, whether or not you could even have an AR pistol. That's true. Without a butt stock. Right. Yep. We had people that at the time, nobody made a buffer tube that was uh, that was smooth. Right. The only mm -hmm. the only ones you could get either had the screw hole in the end for the A1, A2 style stocks or they had the adjustable. Right. For the I guess the A3 and A4, it would be right. Um, they had the adjustable pieces. And so the workaround way back then was you JB welded the threads on the end of an A2. Right. Um, or you milled off the uh, adjustable part, right, on a shorter one. Most all of us, we JB welded the A2 because that was easier. You know, you don't have access to a mill. What are you going to do? Um, and then you, you know, you build it with a shorter barrel. It constitutes a pistol because there's no buttstock on it. But even then, that was a gray area, right? And but even then as well, you can still shoulder that thing. You can still shoulder it from a buffer tube. It's not the most comfortable thing in the world. But you can shoulder it. So here's my question. If this is allowed to go through and these rule changes happen, they're already talking about shouldering. Mm -hmm. How far of a leap is it to say there's no AR pistols at all? Because you could still technically shoulder a buffer tube. I don't think it's that far of a leap. Right, and that's that's one of the things that I was watching uh, Guns and Gears video. And he said, he's like, well, what can't you shoulder if you really wanted to? <laughs> you know, you could, you could, you could shoulder a Glock 19 if you wanted to, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's so much well, you variance and you can't shoulder anything that doesn't stick out without reciprocation, stick out back past the grip area. You can't shoulder, but if yeah. you have some, as long as you have something where the slide is not moving backwards, right? Cause you're dependent upon that. As long sure, as you can shoulder it, have just that. becomes a single shot. Well, that this is true to an extent, yeah. Or it, <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm, or, I know, or, I'm, or you get injured because of it. Go. Right, I know, I'm, I know, I'm being ridiculous, but that's but where you know, you can, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, you're talking about the adjustable uh, buffer tubes and all of that, and you know, now we have adjustable. Um, Buffer tubes for pistol braces. For pistol braces. Now there's yeah. going into length of pull and how many clicks can be in that and all of that. Um, yeah. The interesting thing to me is you're asking about will there be pistols? And the answer to that, in my opinion, is is I think there there will be. I think that there will have to be because I think that they could be sued very, very easily by the Disabilities Act. Um, so if they took the AR pistol and stabilizing braces altogether out, 
Um, I think that that's a big lawsuit, and I think that the Supreme but, Court would, would would pull that down because okay. of the Disabilities Act. I'm just saying. So, no, so think, you solved that. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll, go let ahead. Finish. I'll let you Well, no, I was going to say, you, you solved that just by a four-inch, six-inch Velcro strap on a buffer tube. You don't have to have the rubbery piece on the end to strap that to your arm. You don't have I to. I understand that. I understand that. And I think that that's where the whole thing is shouldering versus a stabilizing brace. I think that they're truly just trying to get away from shouldering because, and this is where this whole conversation was going to start out with. Yeah. Feel free to both of y'all to jump in. Whether or not we agree with this, I think that if you think in a logical way, we all knew that this was 10 years in the making at least. We all knew whether we want to admit it or not, that stabilizing braces were being looked at by the ATF as a get around for an SBR. Yeah, that so was my me, point. I think it's money. I think it's they're missing out on a lot of $200 tax stamps. That was where it comes from. Yeah, that was my point in bringing up, you know, in the 90s and having conversations about the same issue, minus the brace, talking about AR sure. pistols, right? In the 90s, is that when braces hit the market the first thing because i had been through all of that the first thing that i thought was well this is not going to fly this is going to go over like a turd in a punch bowl you know <laughs> and i was honestly surprised when the atf made the determinations that they made in the past i was surprised now i don't agree with anything that they're doing or anything i'm not saying i, I am i'm just i'm just saying that with the consistency up until the point the braces came out you know i it was, I can't believe that they did it in the first place. Yeah. My, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Trev. Sorry, man. My, you're talking about the Disabilities Act. That's actually <clears throat> one of my biggest concerns with this is that they just, you know, rub their hands together and say, okay, well, anything under 16 inches is an SBR. Uh, you can have it uh, if you're disabled with a brace on it, or, or you could have it as a pistol with a brace on it, but you have to have a doctor's you know, uh, a, a waiver from your doctor or something. And without that, you can't have it. That's where I think this is going. Well, that's interesting. Kind of like miracle marijuana. Huh? Yeah. I, yeah, I think exactly. That's a possibility. I think you're right. Like if, that's if you're disabled, you get your doctor to say that, uh, you know, you get a note from your doctor basically, you know, and if not, it's an SBR or you can't have it. Right. That's huh. what I worry about. Yeah. Not saying that any of us agree with that, but that is a very logical thought process where uh, uh, that could very well happen. I, I do agree. Uh, Booger Dog says that in his opinion, it's, uh, I don't want to gender guess and assume, but I'm um, assuming that Booger Dog would be a, a male. So I'm going to call you that. Uh, in my opinion, it's concealability that they have an issue with. Paranoia will destroy you. I think that the, the concealability that's the issue they had way back when. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's that, that's obviously something that's in the back of their mind. And I was going to say the same thing. I think over the years they've moved past that, um, the concealability. I think that, honestly, this is just me, and I might be completely way off base. For me, I think that they're trying to do this to generate the $200 tax stamp. Not that there's going to be a lot of of money change hands. I think that people will do one of two things. They're either going to ignore it 
But here's my question to you is, is, is and Travis, have you read all 71 pages or Clover? Have you read all 71 pages or most of it yet? No, I haven't read it myself. I, I, I started to read through it and then I just watched a couple videos on it while I was doing stuff around the house. Well, I haven't even watched any of the videos. So maybe you guys maybe have watched some videos out there um, about it. Did they, if you guys remember back in December when this came out, there was that notion they said if they, they decided to go ahead and make this a, a, an NFA regulated item, that they were going to basically, instead of grandfathering in um, pistol braces, that they would go ahead and give free tax stamps to convert those to SBR uh, NFA items. Um, have you heard if that's still, because if they do that, they're getting ready to lose their asses in this. No, I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't hear anything. Anybody mentioned that. And that was actually one of my questions too. I don't want an SBR. I mean, I've said that before. I want an AR pistol. I don't want an SBR uh, for specific reasons, but um, sure. no, I, I haven't heard anything about that. I didn't know. Clover, have you heard anything about the initial? I, I have camp? read, I have spot read through it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't to, listened to a whole me. lot on, on other videos or anything like that, but I too did not catch. And that's one of the things I specifically was kind of scrolling through there looking for. Yeah. And I didn't see any reference to it, which bothers me. Right. I mean, if, if they're going to do it, if they're, they get away with it, you know, what do you do? And that gets into the enforcement side of things, right? It's like, how do they, how in the world do they plan on enforcing this? Especially if they give no recourse. Yeah, they're going to have to either grandfather them in, um, which means that there's getting ready to be a huge rush on <laughs> AR pistols, especially braces, um, or they're going to have to do something because there is an, a, an enormous amount that they're they're going to make. And I'm just throwing numbers out. These are not factual numbers, but they're getting ready to make possibly a million people felons overnight if they don't do something, well, you know. And somebody out there in the comments, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about the little conversion kits, like the Roni, Macaroni. Um, here's the thing: all of those, right? The the uh, not the sh not the Shockwave itself, but mm -hmm. the stock adapter kit with a brace that goes on the Shockwave. Anything mm -hmm. that has a brace, including those kits, are gone. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking in here about the fin types, which are the blades. Um, and all of that, I'm, I'm trying to find anything, um, you know, so, here, so here's what the part that I want to kind of go into next is they're talking about the configuration of a weapon. So if you're reading along with this out there, it's going to be page number 25, I believe 25. And it says configuration of weapons is this section will be used to evaluate the entire weapon including how the stabilizing brace is mounted to the firearm as well as the effectiveness of the brace in single-hand firing as opposed to firing from the shoulder. So once again, we're talking about they start this out by shouldering, and now they're going in. They even mentioned earlier about having, you know, you're not allowed to have a vertical grip on a pistol, but you can have an angled forward grip. They're talking about the accessories that if you have an angled forward grip, then it's no longer a pistol because it now needs two hands to shoot. Well, what is it? Is it does it bother you that it's being shouldered, or does it bother you more that you're going to have, you're shooting it with two hands? You know, yeah, and that gets dangerous, right? 
Exactly. It's exactly because any pistol can be shot with two hands, or any handgun can be shot with two That's hands. Right. So, are is a Glock night? If, if they go with the single hand firing, what happens to every semi-automatic pistol that's out there? Mm-hmm. What? But we're not. We're you know we're, we can shoot so, the west, but it's safer to go with two hands. Okay. So so here is where they're playing both sides, right? Here's where they're talking out both sides of their mouth, honestly. Shoot. And, yeah. and you brought it up, and I don't know that you're even aware of it or other people that's out there. But here's the thing. If you go back and look at the definition of a handgun, right, it is a firearm designed to be fired with one hand, okay? Prior to Jeff Cooper, that's pretty much how all handguns were fired, sure. Just was look at with the one hand, right? And he's like... Uh, well, why don't you wrap that other hand around? You got a better grip. You got better control. You're you're able to aim better, follow up, mitigate recoil, all of this other stuff, right? Um, so the definitions, the legislative definitions, right, being used for handgun are old school, right? But they want to apply that to modern things, braces, right? But they don't want to modernize the def- the the how it's used, right? They want to use an old definition to then infringe upon us with a modern technology without changing the old definition, which needs to be done in order to apply to the modern technology. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, some strangely, it does. Um, now, Travis out there says, I wonder if the offer of the free stance will come back for his 16. That's what we're talking about is this. I'm going to put it to you this way, and, and this is going to be an un, unpopular take. If that's the case, then I'm sending about 15 of them in. Yeah, I'm raping them. Like, legit. And that's going to be about three grand just on my puny little 15 that I'll send in. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're going to cost them three grand, and I'll make them all SBRs and not give a damn about it uh, if they're going to give it for free. Um, one of those things where if I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this happens. What I'm saying is, is if this goes through we do the comment section, comment period, and they still come out and say, this is it, but we're going to give you a free, I'm sending in 15 of them and say, yep. let's, you know, let's make them all SBRs at this point. I can do whatever the hell I want to at this point. Yep. So, and I, and I have a small collection compared to, uh, other people. Yeah. Some people. Oh, I'm there uh, with you. I, I don't, I hope it doesn't. I don't, I mean, I don't see how it can once they look right. into enforcement on all of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, along the same lines, I mean, I already have plenty of NFA stuff, so it ain't no skin off my back. Now the person out there that doesn't have any NFA stuff and they don't want to get on that list or whatever, then I, I feel you, but different strokes for different folks, man. I'm on the, I'm already on there multiple, multiple times. What's another 20 at this point, if it doesn't cost anything. So they're talking about length of pool here. And this is another one. And they're saying length of pool. We all know what length of pool is. They're saying that, um, adjustable shoulder stocks are commonly available. Patents, advertising material, and other resources make clear the adjustability is meant to facilitate changing the length of pool. Um, such length of pull measurements are far less relevant when a pistol is involved because a shooter merely requires a device that reaches from the back of the forearm of the firearm to the forearm. Far less variation exists between shooters in that way. A firearm with a stabilizing brace will accrue 
more points the further it is positioned rearward, indicating that it is intended for use as a shouldering device. Firearms with stabilizing braces that incorporate a length of pull of less than 10 and a half inches will not accrue any points. However, a length of pull that's between 10 and a half but under 11 and a half inches will accrue one point, while 11 and a half but under 12 and a half will accrue two points. 12 and a half but under 13 will accrue three, and length of pull of 13 and a half inches or more, four points, and is the standard length of pull for rifles, and it is the decisive indicator that the firearm is intended to be fired from the shoulder. So they're going into um, length of pull. They go into the attachment method, which is the buffer tubes. Um, they're saying that um, stabilizing braces attached to a standard length AR pistol buffer tube extending six to six and a half inches from the rear of the fire and will not accrue any points. Use of an AR type pistol buffer tube with adjustable notches an adjustable rifle buffer tube or an adjustable PDW type guide rail will accrue one point as it indicates the ability to adjust uh, the stabilizing brace. Folding adapters and the use of spacers are all indicators that the brace is being positioned to serve a shouldering device. So here's that's what I was going to go with next is the folding brace. I don't think that they understand that the folding brace, the whole idea of the folding brace had nothing to do with length of pull. The whole idea of a folding brace or folding stock for that matter was to be able to possibly carry that weapon and store that weapon in a smaller space. So now they're even going into folding stocks and folding braces, which I think has nothing to do with anything that that is going to make that a more dangerous firearm. What do you guys think about the folding? folding Go ahead, Travis. Go ahead. The more concealable a firearm is, the more terrified they are of it. I guess guess so. But here's the thing is they're not concerned about my Glock 19 and I can conceal that a hell of a lot easier than I can an AR pistol. Well, stop making sense. Okay. Knock that off. Okay. Damn it. I'm All sorry. Right. Well, I think it's, I think it is consistent because what they're, I mean, if you, if you think about it, they're not solely hung up here. I think people are because it's the most popular rifle, whatever you want to say in the, uh, in the United States, people get hung up on AR here and they're not solely digging on ars so you have to distance yourself from that idea and think all firearms right some can be fired with a brace folded over Mm -hmm. some can be the ar obviously can't right it's not the way it works well some are there are some new designs that allow that Um, but the traditional design of the ar it cannot fire when the buffer tube is bent over to the side um so well, I guess it could. It can fire. fire. It just cycle. It, it, yeah. it could fire once, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but anyway, so if you take that into consideration that we're not talking about just that particular firearm, then you still get when that stock is extended back out, you still get the length of pull issue, right? What 
Also, what worries me is this point system. So number one, what people out there need to realize, anytime they're talking about a point system, they're talking about manufacturers, right? Because that's the way the ATF operates. When they import firearms in, when they approve firearms for uh, designs to be built even in the United States, whatever the case may be, right? When manufacturers go to them or importers go to them or whatever, they apply a point system. So that's what they're talking about. What's and a lot of people have commented about this. The problem with implementing that point system is not only is that undue burden now that every single model, every single variation that a manufacturer may create, they got to worry about the point system, blah, 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 blah. But you've got a, a firearm in the, in the AR platform, right? Uh, a design that is readily built by individuals. Correct. That don't are not going to know all of that point system necessarily. So here's here's what's if you if you think about it, it's like, ooh, this makes sense. Well, what comment period are we in right now? The one to build firearms, basically, right? You're talking the, the receivers? Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Okay. So if they get that, then the individual with this, the the brace, the individual don't matter because you can't make it anyway. So is the point system riding on the wall that they're, this is their follow-up, hoping that they get the receiver thing. This is the follow-up to take it the next step further. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole idea of being able to build your own rifle, whatever it may be, um, going away is is pretty scary i think you're right this is being the the um the next in the series or the next saga of of the atf um yeah i, I agree there's another part here i want to go into which really it just once again these are supposed and i'm using this word loosely guys so don't start yelling at me don't you know whatever but these are supposed to be the quote-unquote experts of firearms there are literally the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms these are the, supposed to be the ones that are regulating or they are ruling or they are creating definitions whatever they're supposed to be the firearm experts right if you go to a federal court case where a firearm is used the government's probably going to have an agent from the ATF as a witness, as an expert witness. So if they're going to call them experts in the court, then let's say that they're supposed to be experts, right? I'm going to preface that by saying this. But this just proves you that these people have no idea what they're talking about. So this is peripheral accessories. The ATF has examined multiple firearms that include peripheral accessories, often added by the end user that indicate the weapon is not designed and intended to be held and fired by a single hand. Once again, we're coming back to the single hand shooting. Such accessories include secondary grips, hand stops, flip-up rifle type sights, sights slash scopes with a limited eye relief, and bipod slash monopods. Certain hand stop attachments have been determined to protect a shooter's offhand from being placed in front of the barrel and do not in and of themselves redesign a pistol to be fired with more than one hand. However, the presence of such an attachment is an indication that the weapon may not be intended to be fired with a single hand, 
but rather intended to be fired from the shoulder. As such, presence of a hand stop will result in two points being accrued. Further, the presence of any secondary grip on a weapon with a stabilizing brace accessory changes the classification from a one-handed to a two-handed weapon, thereby disqualifying it from being classified as a braced pistol and resulting in the subject firearm accruing four points. Installed sights are also indicators, sights, including flip-up sights, okay? Installed sights are also indicators as to be intended use of a firearm with an attached stabilizing brace. ATM, ATF has examined numerous AR-type firearms with a stabilizing brace, accessories that lack any sight or any incorporate rifle-type flip-up or back-up iron sights, which are only partially usable when the firing the weapon with one hand. As such, the presence of this type of sight or lack of any sight will accrue one point. Further, firearms that incorporate a reflex sight, red dot, in conjunction with the flip-up to this flip-to-the-side magnifier with limited eye relief, distance between the shooter's eye and blah, 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 will accrue two points. Finally, any weapon incorporating a sight or scope that possesses an eye relief incompatible with one-handed firing will accrue four points, as this is a decisive factor in the stabilizing brace is being utilized as a shouldering device. For example, a sight would be incompatible with a one-handed with one-handed firing if it cannot be clearly if it can if it cannot be seen clearly when held at an arm's length. Thus, showing the weapon must be shouldered in order for the sight to be used. Okay, so number one, define an, define an arm's length, right? And number two, is anybody out there, raise your hand, even though I can't see you out there in the live chat, if you've ever fired a handgun not at arm's length, because I've shot many, many a handgun not at arm's length. So... I don't I understand. From, here, from the draw, I shot him from all sorts of places. Well, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, you know, a more quick transition style stance is not at arm's length. All right, you're not fully extended. Well, that. that will exactly. If you shoot here, are you exactly at an arm's length? Or right. Is that an arm's length? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's saying. that's yeah. It gets it gets tricky, don't it? So I so, I don't know. Again, you get back into enforcement. Same thing that going on with the receiver thing. That's that's the comment period now is I don't I don't get how in the world you enforce it. Now, again, I go back to you just talked a lot about the point system. And let's yeah. be clear on that. The point system is for manufacturers. When they submit, yes, there's a yeah. submission to the ATF. So you're gonna have some people that are going to make videos, I'm sure. And they're going to tell you that this doesn't matter because when they talk point system, they're specifically talking about manufacturers. But I hate to tell you, if it's illegal for a manufacturer to make it, it's going to be illegal for you to make it. That's so the, the, the crap does flow downhill, unfortunately. Uh, Minotauri Carry says hand raised. I don't know if you have a question or not, but call in, bro. I'll call in. The number's scrolling down below. Call in. Oh, I, told them, I told them to raise their hand if they've shot a. And oh, not okay. at arm's length. So I'm not very smart, man. You gotta kind of give me. You wasn't listening. You just wasn't listening. You're all wound up tonight. I don't listen to you, anyways. Um, 
Yeah, so Stan says, I've got two SBR stamps. If they're giving out free stamps, will they refund the $400? That's, and you know, if they're going to give them away for free, what about the ones that already have SBR stamps? Are they going to reimburse? I mean, we're talking about a massive undertaking here. I don't oh, think they realize the massiveness that's well, going to hit. If and here's the thing. Here's another thing that it just hit me when you were talking about this and Stan out there too. Thanks for that comment, Stan. Um, so I think there's no doubt if they give away free tax stamps, the flood of people that probably were never interested in an SBR before that sends in 20, right? Mm -hmm. um, just because it's to, for them, it's always just, it's always just been the money, right? Not to mention yeah. people like me that already have numerous, numerous stamps anyway. So who cares? And I'm going to send in 20. So mm -hmm. the system gets flooded, right? The system gets flooded and what happens? It gets backed up. So what type of grace period are we looking at while we wait on our free stamps to come back before we're felons because we have an SBR not, you feel me? Because if you build one from a Form 1, you have to have that stamp back before you actually build it. We put it together. But in this sense, by their definition change, it's already built. Yep. Yep. Uh, Trav, you had an interesting comment in the side chat. You want to bring that up? You're talking about the massiveness of all this, the recalls, the well, not recalls, but you know, you and the SBRs, and if you know, like Stan said, are they going to pay me for the one I already have that I've already paid in? They they may not understand the undertaking or how big that is, but I do know that they don't care. Yeah, they don't care how big of a project it would be. They're just going to do it, and whatever happens, happens. As messy and muddy and cluster clustered up as it could be, they're not going to care. And whoever gets balled up into that, they're not going to apologize for it. It's just going to be what it is. They, they're trying to put the genie back in the bottle with, with you know, guns like ARs and AKs being legal again, you know, since the assault weapons ban. They're, they've been trying their damnedest to put that genie back in the bottle. This is like step one, I think. Uh, HVS is out there. I want to say hi to HVS. You've been commenting out there. You're calling some C4 and all sorts of stuff. Um, HVS. One of the first people we met on gun channels uh, back four years ago. So it's good to see HVS out there. Go check him out. Got some cool stuff. Um, so I, I love this. Mandatory carry says, I will absolutely get an arm brace just for this reason with a 16 inch barrel just for double spite. 16 inch barrel and arm brace. So that's the thing, right? They're not saying that they think that the arm brace is dangerous as long as it's attached to something that's 16 inches, right? If you've got a 16, not, not that you would, not that you would go attach a, a brace to a 16-inch rifle, but they have zero problem with stabilizing braces on a 16-inch barrel, but you get it to 14 and a half, it's not pin and welded to 16, Good God, that's a that's the that's a weapon of war right there. You know, that's a weapon of war. Uh oh, we just lost draft. I know, I know people that run pistol braces on sixteens, but that's just because they swap uppers. Well, and, and like I said, I'm not saying yeah. I mean, but they have a, re a reason for it. Uh, he said he got a drop. He'll stay in the YouTuber text though. Uh, thanks for coming in, Trav. Appreciate you, buddy. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just like. Ugh. So let me ask you this, Clove, and you and I have had this. Um, we've discussed that. I'm pretty sure we have numerous occasions, probably back in December. 
um, probably many times before that. The $200 tax stamp, because we're talking about to them $200, and, and it, it, there's no telling the amount of money that they would quote-unquote lose in revenue if, if they gave the free tax stamps. But remember, back in the 30s, when the $200 tax stamp was created, $200 meant something very, very different than it does now, okay? I want to say you did the math or someone did the math, and it was like it would be equivalent to like $1,800 back in the 30s um, is what it would be equivalent to in today's money. Today, we look at a $200 tax stamp. I would imagine that the vast majority, vast majority of people that do not get tax stamps for suppressors or SBRs or whatever has absolutely nothing to do with the monetary value of that stamp and having to spend 200 It's more of, I don't want to wait nine months or a year or a year and a half to get that stamp in to be able to utilize whatever you're trying to do. So let me ask you this. Do you see a pathway in the future that the, the monetary value of a tax stamp ever changes from $200 up to a higher number? Let's say 1000 or whatever it would be. Uh-oh, did we lose Clover too? Nah, I'm muted because I was in the comments. But uh, no. I, I've, I've talked for years if we... We have to tread really softly on that issue because they they have the power. We talk about them not having the power, right, to do a lot of different things. That's a huge issue, what they're doing now with definitions and all this other stuff. Definitions that are already in legislation that's been enacted, that has to go back through the congressional process. The bureaucracy can't just change your defini definition on stuff, right? right. And so, however... The cost of the stamp, a lot of people are not paying attention to this, and they're saying things a lot of times that it's like, I'm sure the government's aware they could do this, right? And again, I don't want to give directions on how to do anything, but we talk about inflation. Things are adjusted for inflation all the time. It's normal operating procedure without legislative effort, right? Now, I'll let everybody out there in the chat go do the inflation calculator on on the difference between $200 and 34 now um Let me go real quick but it's over 3 grand it's going to be I'm sure I, I 1800 or something like that but yeah let's go around no, it's, it's going to be over, do it, no, so it's, it's going to be over 3 grand um I got a good feeling on it anyway um but yeah I mean that would be something they could very easily do that would dissuade but I don't think they want to do that because their objective here is to get people to register them, I think, right? Their objective is not to take them off the streets. Their objective is not to get rid of them. And if you jack the price up, you know, accordingly for inflation, you would have less people registering stuff, right? And so their goal is to get them registered. Let's be honest. $3,942.24. Nearly, nearly $4,000. Wow. $1,000. And keep in mind, they they can't adjust that just for SBRs. That would affect your suppressors as well. That's correct. Uh, that that is correct. Um, let's see here. G twenty three. This is an argument that I hear a lot. I don't do it because the registrations lead to confiscations. I'm going to play devil's advocate, kind of. Uh, part of me believes 100 
percent what I'm getting ready to say. The other part is the devil's advocate. It's up to you to figure out which one is which. Let me ask you a question. To Clover, to G23, to anyone out there in the chat listening, if you're listening in replay or listening in podcasts, question goes out, put it in the comments. Do any, Does anybody out there honestly know someone personally? Not hey, I heard from a friend of a friend. I read the newspaper. Does anyone know anyone personally that has ever been raided and confiscated without committing a crime? Yeah, some other Just, violation. Some other violation. Has, does anyone know anyone that the ATF has ever knocked on a door and said, we're here to confiscate your guns? The reason why I say that is I hear, I'm, 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 I'm theoretically and hypothetically asking, but yet... Not yeah. really. Now, no. don't get me wrong. I think once we get to a point of, you know, all firearms are on a registry, something like that, could another you know, issue. Do, do we get down that road? But we've had machine guns, we've had SBRs, SBSs, AOWs, and suppressors on uh, a, a registry for a very, very, very long time. Um, I do know people. Because you know I can't go to jail for this. That have machine guns that aren't registered. Why? Because they were acquired post eighty six, whatever the, the case may be. That have never went to jail. That still own them. That take them to the range on a regular basis. Nobody asks if they're registered. If they got the paperwork on them. That blah 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 blah. Right. So non compliance. Right. I know people that are in non compliance with the NFA and have never had and never had an issue, but they've also never had any other run ins where they domestic violence and you know, they were in their house and there they were laying on the coffee table or, you know, anything like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so that they've never been in a situation, um, you know, that's that they've got now. That's a risk that they take if they if they do, obviously. But, you know, I think even should all of this happen, the receiver thing happen and the um, um, uh, the brace thing happen, I still think we're a long, long way from total registration. That being said, they're talking about universal background checks again. Pretty seriously talking about universal background checks again. There's some Republicans behind it. Yes. And the problem with universal background checks is that absolutely does not work. There is no absolutely zero enforcement on that without a registry. So yep. that's the hurdle. If we're if we're worried about a registry, we don't need to be worrying about something that's been around nearly 100 years becoming right. the registry. We need to worry about when the universal background check, which involves all firearms, doesn't work because we know it's not going to work because the problems they're trying to fix are completely fabricated um so when it doesn't work then they're going to cry well it doesn't work because we don't have a registration so now we push the registration but even then once they have the registration there is still a leap between registration and the logistics behind Uh, compensation you're talking about years you're talking about dramatic shift we don't look at you know we're not going to have state of the union speeches we're not going to have you know uh let me let me back up and say that you know while government transparency is not prevalent as it used to be, right? You're talking about you're not going to know what the government's doing, right, at all. 
Everybody is blacklisted. The news, the news outlets that we all hate, mainstream media, lamestream media, are not allowed anywhere near government. And they pass laws and do things and enforce things. The feds are in your neighborhood. They do it all from a federal level. They circumvent, bypass state and local uh, law enforcement to enforce things. You're talking about military state style stuff that you, you're going to see coming. It's not going to be a situation where we have you know, open and free voting and we have all of the, the, the perks that we have now. A lot of other things are going to go away, not 2A related, before we ever get even close to a confiscation point. You know, the interesting thing is this, and this is way off topic, but one of the most, and I'm not going to say it's the most because I don't want to make a defining statement about a definite thing, but it's definitely up there among the most dangerous, let's call it dangerous things that's ever happened in our government was the Patriot Act. And if we remember the Patriot Act was right after 9-11, and at that point, it was guised in, we need to find out who the terrorists are. And everyone was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And no one really took the time to read the Patriot Act. You were talking about the FBI being in neighborhoods and, and we'll call it surveillance and all of this stuff, whatever. If you ever take the time to go and read the Patriot Act, we just supported something that gives the government free reign to do pretty much whatever the hell they want. It's a very dangerous bill that has nothing to do that we're talking about tonight. It's just one of those things that popped up when you start talking about the FBI being in neighborhoods and all of that. If you've never read the Patriot act and you've got a couple hours, go find a copy of it somewhere online. They're out there and read it and really think about what we just gave the federal government, the availability, the power to do, it's scary. I don't believe that there's any way in hell in 2021, 20 years after September 11th, that the Patriot Act would have ever gone through um, today. It's scary, folks. Uh, just saying, Patriot Act is scary, scary stuff. And, and we, we supported and said, the blind eyes said, Go get those bastards. Yep, whatever you got to do. The reason why I bring that in is when you said that, but two, you, you're bringing up, we'll really never know what government does. The transparency has gone. The transparency on the Patriot Act was not there. And I think that it, it changes things. When we're talking about the steps to confiscation, which I, I agree with you, it's it's, it's a long way if it ever happens. It's a long way away. That being said, the American people as a whole and in general are naive enough to trust still. They're naive enough to, if something does happen, you know what? Hey, do what you got to do. What if the next time they throw in the next Patriot Act type bill, they throw in a couple clauses about um, terroristic actions with firearms. You're now, not only can they come back and say, we're going to regulate this, but if you own anything below 16 inches uh, of a rifle, uh, a barrel, a rifled barrel, or anything in the caliber above 22, you could be put on a terroristic list. That's not far 
so far-fetched to believe that that could happen one day. Um, so there's always a lot of craziness, and, and, and your your point about uh, is uh, the the validity of your point of transparency in government and the government will never really know what the government's doing until it's basically too late is very valid and, and that's scary um very 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 scary um mandatory out there says uh, as a former gun controller in the crowd i can tell you a total gun ban is going to happen if we see i i i understand the sentiment and and i'm going to assume that mandatory carry mandatory carry says it's going to happen if we don't stay vigilant uh and and, and stay aware and that is 100 i'm not saying it's going to happen if we don't but we have to stay vigilant we have to stay yeah. aware we have to keep up what's going on but ultimately and this is a question i want to pose to you clover um ultimately if there comes down to crazy gun control Naming you, putting you on terrorist lists or the confiscation side of, I mean, we're talking the craziness of an outright, you no longer, now they can't do away with the Second Amendment necessarily, but they could try. They can go into another Continental Congress, I guess, and change it. But um, but that's not going to happen. But there are ways to very, very, very much restrict firearms in America if they wanted to do it. Well, they can point like violate the Constitution. They they can they can that, that that's where I'm kind of going is this even if they did that even if let's say that the Supreme Court is a majority of liberal I'm not going to say Democrat but liberal leaning justices mm-hmm. do you honestly think even if they're liberal leaning justices their job is to protect the Constitution and interpret the Constitution. Is there, in your mind, in your opinion, is there any way that even a liberal-leaning majority so, Supreme Court would ever say that that's constitutional? So we get we get into a this is where everybody starts playing these scenario games, and I don't like yeah. playing the scenario games because it's hard for me to say what I would do and this, that, and the other based on some scenario that may or may not happen, and it involves so many different factors. Um, people often overlook the fact that all of this is, is very, very complicated. Um, and they think things are much simpler than what they actually are. Um, is there a absolute worst case scenario where we get um, the House, the Senate, and the presidency under similar ideological, ideological control? Because I don't even want to talk parties either, because it could happen from any party similar ideological control, then giving them the ability because Senates confirm justices and the Senates can pack can pack courts. Kind of what's then, happening right now, honestly. Then the Senate packs the court with ideologues, which then basically neuter the Second Amendment because it doesn't matter what we do, they're gonna pass whatever gun control well, it neuters the entire constitution if you're yeah. ideal because well, it's you, true. Yeah. you can't. You can't yeah. be an ideological and, and still be a Supreme Court justice, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So they so they yes, I mean, I think there is a, I think there is an absolute worst case scenario, and there is a possibility that that happens, but I don't see it as being a probability in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And Mandatory carry is absolutely right. And I'm glad he caveated that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yep. And that's the reason. I mean, 
look at look at the amount of and i get it people are going to say well just because they're a firearm owner a gun owner doesn't mean they're second amendment well, it doesn't mean they're not, and it doesn't mean they eventually don't come to that. And it doesn't mean that we just throw them aside and we talk smack because they're a new firearm owner and we don't think they're this, that, or the other, right? Or maybe that they're not up to the task or capable. I hate this thing about how 2A somebody freaking is. Shut up about it. Like, I, seriously. I'll, I'll, if I'll we're moving the same freaking direction and that person over there might not be as 2A as I think he should be, but he's moving the freaking ball forward, then I'm going to let him move the ball forward. And I'm going to shut my mouth. Okay. So well, I think we've got. Another also, you had to think about real quick before you jump in, because I will forget because I'm not very smart. Um, there's another person that people tend to forget about. There are people, and I know some, and I'm sure you do too, that do not like guns, do not agree with guns, don't ever want to be around guns, yep. but they believe in the Constitution. And whether or not they want or like or, yeah. or have guns, they respect the right that the Constitution gives us. Are they not right. allies? Right. Just because they don't own a gun and will sit there and say, I will never own a gun. I hate guns. Are they not still an ally if they are constitutionalists at heart? Well, and say, you know what? I, I, I don't like them, but I'm not going to say that you can't have one. Are well, they not our allies? Let's. Let's be honest, okay, for a minute. The reason that the ATF is doing what they're doing is because they can't get it done legislatively. Boom. There it is. Even if they got it done legislatively, right now they would have court struggles. And so that's why they're trying to deal with that. Also, they're in a time crunch because I suspect Midterms, Biden yeah. is not gaining any points with the Democrat Party at all. Ooh. And... I suspect the House goes back to the Republicans in midterms. I think, I think the Senate might. That's a pretty that's well both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, both. I agree. Both. Um and that's pretty common in midterms, right? Yes. Even is. in even in good times with a supposedly good rating on a president, we see that happen. We see that flip. At that point, they can't do anything, right? Um and in the last year, and it is continuing, we're pulling more and more people into the gun owner space, which is, I get it, not a 2A advocate or activist, but it's at least adjacent, yep. right? And so it's, I think it's progressively on a federal level. Now, maybe not on a state level, and especially like New York, New Jersey, Maryland, no. California, Washington, some of those, right? I get it. But even in those states, I see people standing up and fighting and making some kind of wave. I mean, look at the decision in California, right? Mm. Okay. That may not be, we may, may not have won a two, a battle there may not really can count that as a win. Kind of depends on your perspective, well, but it's making waves. Kind of the war. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's making yeah. waves for sure. Yeah. Right. And in yeah. California. So. Which hasn't happened in a long time. So I, I think that. I think better days are ahead. I'm not going to be, you know, people want to be gloom and doom, like registration's coming and this is coming and that is coming and this is coming. I'm going to be positive about it. I think better days are ahead. I think we're seeing signs that better days are ahead. And if you don't want to take that outlook, that's your right, your prerogative to do so. Yeah, Weston says state level um, is where most 2A legislation has been the last several years. Well, you look at 
which is interesting to me. And we've had this discussion privately. Uh, we brought it up during some of your uh, Texas to constitutional carry live streams and all of that. Um, you know, to me, and, and, and I want you guys' opinion out there in the chat as well. You know, you have seen a concentrated effort, seemingly, at the state level this session across the country for um, permitless carry, for two-way sanctuary states, for um, suppressor-type hearing protection at, at the state level, um, for all sorts of uh, stand-your-ground laws, all sorts of pro-2A legislation across the country. Um, and to me, to me, it does not seem like that was just a fluke. I, I truly do believe that the Republican National Committee um, got along with the leadership of the Republican Party across the country and say, let's try to push some of this stuff at the state level. And they took the, the game plan from the Democrats. We talked about for years, the Democratic Party, whether we like it or not, guys, they're extremely efficient and they're extremely good at death by a thousand cuts, not just in two-way stuff, but in politics in general. If they don't feel that they can get the, the home run ball or let, let's take use, use football because I know that you use football analogies before, they can't get the Hail Mary bomb but they can get three, four yards at a time, one, two yards here, one, two yards. Next thing you know, it's instead of happening in 10 seconds, it's happened over 11 minutes, but they still got to the end zone. I think the Republicans said it's something that we can utilize. Let's go cut by cut, cut by cut, cut by cut. And for the first time in a long time, it seems to me a concerted effort across the country, at least in the South. I can't say that about up North, but in the South where I'm more apt to hearing the news about all of that, there has been a concentrated effort. It seems to be pro two way, a bunch of them and add these up, add these up. Arkansas's passed four or five really awesome pro two way stuff this year. Texas, not only does constitutional carry, but you've got the suppressor. You've got, um, uh, you've got several things that Texas has done. States all across Oklahoma, all of these, you know, Texas is the 21st state now with constitutional carry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. It will be. He's not going to yeah. veto it. No, it will be. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Unless Louisiana know. beats it. Unless Louisiana beats it too. Well, that's true. To it. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. For uh, the number 21 anyway. Not right. yet. <laughs> and I've um, got the shirts and the stickers made. So, come on, Abbott. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things where I, I think that that's something that we have taken from the Democratic Party and utilized this year. At least it looks like to me um, that we've we've done really well with. And and Weston's right. The state level, the local level, it, it, it seriously starts at the local level. Make sure that you're hiring, you're you're uh, voting in good city councilmen, good mayors, good sheriffs, uh, good JPs, you know, all of those people, that's where you're really going to see state level. You're going to see a lot of change, but even the local level, if you've got a sheriff that is anti-gun, 
and is a prick about it, they can find all sorts of stuff to get you with in a, in a traffic stop or whatever they want to do, just going to and from the range. So it, it starts, yes, at the state level, but even at the local level, you've got to, we talk about this all the time. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because most of you guys are doing the same thing, but we have to be vigilant, but we have to start at the local level, not just at the state level, but the local Remember who you're voting for and make sure you do research on who you're voting for at the sheriff and for city council and for mayor and all of the stuff because you never know. Um, but yeah, I, I agree the state level, but it's been really fun. Um, regardless if you're from Texas or not. Now I'm one, I, I love politics and I, and I love the game. And I love, I love um, how the sausage is made type stuff. Um, but I think a lot of people have never really had their eyes open to the process of how a bill becomes a law. It's not just the after school special. I'm a bill. And how do I, you know, um, but I think through your 94 hours of live streaming throughout the process of constitutional carry, I think people are starting to understand that when we talk about bureaucratic crap, that's how bills become laws. But it is also a beautiful thing. As frustrating as it can be, it's still the best system because there's checks and balances at every level and everything that happens so that not one person or one group can push through any legislation they want. So it might be taxing. It might be time consuming. It might be frustrating to watch some of this stuff, but learn the process and, and enjoy the process because I think that we, we've learned a lot this year, just in the first six months of the year, five, five and a half months of the year, that the Republican Party is playing a different game than they have for the last 20 or 30 years. And to me, that's exciting. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way or what you what you would consider what's happening. I think so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't strap it to... I think you're right, except for the whole it's like organized by the, you know, Republican platform and party type thing. Um, I would put it more on state attorneys generals or maybe state governors and communication between them uh, more so than it's a, a national platform type issue. Um, there was another point. Oh, when you when you talk about golly, we talk about how the gummy bears are made, right? And how it's so nasty. Um, mm -hmm. and government is that way. But here's the thing. Do you really want a government that let's just use this example because we're going through it, where a bureaucracy is not bound to put to publish their rule changes and take comments? They can just do it. What if the ATF could just have signed a piece of paper, rewrote some rules, published them, and there it is. And you know what? You hear it on the night in the news that guess what? The ATF's changed the rules on this, this, and this. And you don't got to freaking say. You can't make a comment. You can't do nothing. You can't voice a concern. Well, you can now, but it's too late. They've already changed the rules. So it's done. Yep. who cares? It's a done deal. Or le a legislative thing to where, you know, they can't filibuster. That's what's scary about the filibuster thing, right? Because yep. that works both ways. Yes, it does. So, what you're going to get is if the Democrats have their way and they do decide to get rid of the filibuster, which there's a lot of Democrats totally scared of that tactic. Then what yes. happens when they're, what happens when they're not in the, in the majority, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. a double-edged sword when you're talking about these 
policies and procedures and rules and things that bind government and keep it in check. And that goes all the way, you know, for every branch, the legislative branch, the executive branch, and the judicial branch all have those policies, procedures, and rules in play for a reason. And it's, you hit the nail on the head. The checks and balances system that our founders and framers spoke about so much is way beyond the three branches or the two multiple parties or whatever. It goes way beyond that. And it goes into the inner workings and that method of making the gummy bears, right? It's so convoluted and complex that yes, it gives you a headache if you don't understand or you don't care about all that. Right. To me, it's fascinating, but that is part of the checks and balances is because at every turn, you've got to do things just right to make sure that, you know, and it's the same way in football, right? There's rules. There's yeah. rules. There's rules on how you line up on the field. There's rules of how many players you have on the field. There's rules as to what the equipment you have to wear. There's rules of the ball you have to use. There's, you know, rules as to, you know, what does the ball cross the, the uh, line of scrimmage or is it the player's knees? And, and those rules have evolved and changed, of course, over the years. But there's rules to that. The same yeah. way there's rules in politics or and or government and at the end of the day yes it's a double-edged sword where sometimes we can get beat over the head with those rules but i think as a country those rules have been and we're not talking strictly 2a i think as a country those rules have been far more beneficial to the cause of freedom and liberty mm-hmm. than they have to denying it oh got a call let's take this call real quick here Armed Citizen Podcast, who's this? Hey, Trey, this is Pat Hirsch. How are we doing tonight, sir? What is going on, my man? How you doing? Oh, doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Uh, I wanted to uh, say congratulations on the uh, constitutional carry there down in Texas, Clover, and uh, how everything is stacked up down there so far. I have a sister that lives down there, so she's really happy that she's not going to have to go take some of those tests and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting because I know Clover, and I'm the same way. We have constitutional carry here in Arkansas, but I'm still going to always have my permit. I think Clover will do the same thing for multiple reasons, Uh, multiple reasons. But, yeah, I think for a lot of people, constitutional carry is a – I'll put it this way. I think for a lot of people, they never thought about carrying until there was constitutional carry because they didn't want to go through the process, whether or not it was the training or whatever, the money, it was the process of, of getting this license. And I think that uh, there will be more people carrying, but I also think there will be a lot of people that will want to start carrying. And then eventually maybe a year or six months or three months down the road, will go ahead and get that license to carry. But I think that the constitutional carry will open up the idea of carrying to a lot more people. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because uh, I'm kind of like you guys. Uh, even if constitutional carry got passed here in the state of Nebraska, I would still have a CCW just for the simple fact that I can use that card, walk in anywhere, throw it down, and go purchase a gun. I've already been checked. Boom. Yep. I'm out the door. And you know what? I'm great for any other state that will recognize a Nebraska CCW 
caring person such as myself. And those so, are the two main reasons why I will. One, the Knicks, but I travel a lot. Yeah. And the traveling side of this, especially in the South, where pretty much everyone in the South has reciprocity and all of that, um, is going to help out tremendously. But, yeah, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying, Pat. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, add a little something tonight on as far as how the sausage is made, quote-unquote. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, when I sat in on the uh, commissioner's meeting when uh, – the Webster County became a uh, 2A sanctuary state, and then eventually Nebraska became a 2A sanctuary state itself, or sorry, county and then state level finally got passed. Um, there was something interesting brought up uh, in the newspaper that said, well, why was this just a one-sided, they voted on this, you know, and I'm guessing... I'm guessing, and I'm just throwing this out there, either a liberal or a Democrat maybe in the mix on that, put it in the newspaper that, well, they should have brought this up at the at another meeting and they should have had it published in the paper. And it's like, okay, listen, if we had to have everybody have a vote on every single little thing that the county commissioners had to do, we wouldn't have time for anything else. No, <laughs> so right. if it was that if it was that important to you, why weren't you there at the county commissioners meeting mm -hmm. when this was going to be brought up when they had it published in the paper, like mm -hmm. a bunch of us did when this had got brought up at the county level, and we went there and sat in on it, and the sheriff was there. I, and I'm 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 really lucky in our county, like a lot of other little counties here in uh, Nebraska, where just about ninety percent of the counties in Nebraska are going to be that pro two a sure. county. And so, I, I guess I'm one of the lucky ones where the sheriff's on board, the uh, county attorney's on board. The county commissioners are all on board, so yeah. So, well, so somebody can't sit there and gripe about, well, why didn't? Well, it was in the paper. Right. You can't gripe about it. And if we had to have a decision on that, everybody had to be there to vote on, because they even said, well, why didn't you put it on the ballot for uh, when we reelected commissioners and stuff? And it's like, well, we can't do that with everything. Government works, yeah. So, and, and, and I'm just saying, I live in a same, kind of a small town county and all of that. Um, and I've been to our county uh, court or county judges or whatever you want to call it, just to be the quorum court, whatever. I've been to a lot of meetings where two way sanctuary stuff and all that has been on the docket. And most what most people don't realize is when there's something that's getting ready to go to a vote. They open the floor up for public comments. Unless anyone have anything they want to say. And if no one's right. there, then they're going to move on. But if you're there, yep. the only thing that's worse than not showing up is showing up and being afraid to say something. And right. I think whether you agree exactly. with it or not, you know, it's not just because you disagree with it. If you're for something, it's equally as important to speak out for something, to let them know. It's kind of what Clover was saying. It's confirming that this is a good idea. In all of that. So absolutely, yeah, I, I agree with 100% what you're saying. 
Yeah, it's like uh, marching all the way down the field in football, getting to the five-yard line, and then taking a knee. not driving it in. <laughs> yeah, taking <laughs> you a know knee. what I mean? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was kind of my two cents on the commit. That's on the, uh, as far as how the government stuff works, because right it's, it, it's, and then like you were saying earlier, you know, it's, it, it's has been from the state level that's mm-hmm. made this sweeping movement of two A counties and two A states. So it's, if you don't think you can't make a difference, Show up the commissioners' meetings. And 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 do it from there. Absolutely. So Yeah. So anyway, that was my two cents for tonight. So. Right on, man. I appreciate the phone call. That was Yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. It's been a little while, it's so been a minute. <laughs> it's definitely been a so. minute, but you're welcome anytime, man. All right. Well, you all have a lovely evening, and I'll be listening in on the chat. Right on, bro. Thanks. All right. Later, Pat. Pat Hurst. Pat Hurst, uh, good guy from Nebraska. He's right. You know, it, when people start to think that their voice doesn't matter and no one's going to hear it, is when we have issues. Um, yeah. If you if now, you want to, no, I was just gonna. I want to piggyback on that and say if you want to really, really, really piss off Clover. Right. Mm-hmm. Make a comment discouraging people. <laughs> right. Because I just cannot tolerate that. If you want to be negative and talk negative and whatever, that's fine. That's your right. I said that earlier. Be as negative and as miserable of a person as you possibly <laughs> want to be. Call it realism. Call it whatever. Be that way. But if you start encouraging other people to be that way and you start trying to pull hope from other people, I've got no use for you at that point. No doubt. I want to bring up something. This is interesting. Smeggy out there, the tactical snowman, our good, our good buddy Smeggy. Smeggy's one of the very first people we met in gun channels as well. Um, that's how it used to be before <clears throat> internet people found out a month. We're talking about the uh, people find out before or after it's too late with rules changes and all that is where it's stemming from. Mm-hmm. Said, that's how it used to be before internet people found out a month after it changed. They still had open comments but no one knew about it, and it was harder because you had to send a letter. That's why the periods are 90 days. That's right. Um, but that being said, I, the sentiment of the Internet, the Internet has changed a lot of this. Not only being able to comment literally any second of any day in those 90-day period, 90 period, as many times as you want through a keyboard, right. more importantly, information. We know about these comments now because people are out on the internet saying, Hey, yep. I know that that 99% of the population don't have the time to, to continue to surf the ATF and find out what's going on, but I have the time and I'm willing to do it. Here's the information. Here's the link to go comment. And now that link is spread everywhere. We saw what happens in December when <clears throat> People noticed this rule definition of a pistol brace on December 18th, and we still don't know the exact number, but I think it's well over 150,000 comments. That's my guess, my speculation. But literally 13 days later, they said, eh, we're done. Um, 
that doesn't happen without the internet. I truly believe that. So as much as people talk about the internet being evil and all that, the internet, when it comes to communication, has really changed how we're able to not only submit our comments, but actually even find out that the comment period has started or ended or whatever, or in this case, that this definition could come out and there will be a comment period. Now we can be waiting for it and monitoring it and all of that. And that's, that's, that's a great, great thing. Go ahead. No, I'm glad that that Smeggy brought that up because something that I've heard and I I haven't heard it this comment period, but I've certainly heard it in previous is that, Oh, I'm not getting on there. That's another list. And blah blah blah. And they keep a list and that's that they'll, they'll do this because it's a little get on their list and they'll do this or they'll do that. Right. And they think they're, they're naive to think it's just people that are uneducated and there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with ignorance. I mean, I'm ignorant on a lot of different subjects. Um, but they think that this is a new age internet thing. Like the internet came along and our high speed internet over the last few years or since Obama's been in office or whatever, that we've been able to do this. And as Smeggy points out, the federal registry has been around for decades. It's nothing new. The way in which we communicate with it is new, but it's not new. And people haven't been pulled into FEMA accounts and tortured over the last several decades for making comments on the federal register. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <clears throat> damn, like pancake boys getting profound out there. He says, if you don't think you can make a difference, then make a yep. small difference. It's way better than making no difference. And that I, I joke about him being profound, but that is profound. And that is 100% correct. Sometimes um, you will never, you, you may never even know if you've made a difference. That's true. That's true. That's true. It should not keep you from trying. 100% agree. Um, man, this has been a great conversation. Do you have anything that you want to kind of, we discussed or you thought about, or is there anything that before we yeah. kind of sweep in that you want to bring up that we, cause we've talked about a lot of stuff. So go ahead. Well, we've got the comment period with the brace with the uh, receivers going on now. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you, if you don't, you're going to have those links probably in the description for that. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and soon to come comment period on the braces. Correct. Um, so I want to talk just for a second, if you will, and you can give your insights on this too, about how, I would like to see people comment. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, launch a comment. I don't care. Do it. You do it your own way. You do you. But as far as what's effective from my experiences, from researching past final rulings with all these, um, they does seem that they go through and they parse things by topic, mm-hmm. uh, the comments and they categorize all of those. And so they're looking at them to some extent. So number one, yes, be on point. Don't, go off on a 3% shall not be infringed, God-given right rant. Um, my, I, I've got several ways that, that you might go about this. First of all, do not use form letters. Absolutely mm-hmm. do not use the, the copy and paste form letter stuff. Don't, 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 because they see that. And just like our side makes fun of the 81%. That happened here in Texas with Moms Demand Action and how funny that is, right? That's what they're going to do. They're going to make fun when you just, when you regurgitate talking points, it is seen as regurgitating talking points. Be original. 
Okay. If you're out there and you've got the ability you to get those form letters as a template. Exactly. So my, my suggestion, I have two is and both of them involves making multiple comments. So you want to make your comments. First of all, reference, write the rule change. And I don't remember the number offhand. Definitely reference that. Definitely say you are for, or you are against it. Say that, right? Because your comment may be interpreted one way or another, but point blank say, I am for this. I am in favor of this rule, or I am 100% against this rule. Point blank say that. Then break your comments out into individual topics. Don't write a four-page comment. If there's three or four different topics in that four-page, break them out into individual. Now, if you need help, utilize a form letter from GOA, Second Amendment Foundation, whoever has those form letters. Take those different sections out, reword them, submit each of those as your own comment. Or GWEBS has been going live and going through some of the comments. Go to the registry, scroll through some of those comments, and the ones that you think are good, don't copy and paste them, but reword those in your own words and resubmit them. Do that for 10 different comments. If you find 10 different comments and you go like, whoa, these are some awesome points, reword them repost them but make sure you reword make sure you put it into your own words and your own thoughts and that's my suggestion on on how to comment effectively on this type of stuff yeah um i did put the links out there once again to uh the stabilizing brace definition change and the um firearms um with the definition of frame or receiver that one actually has the link right now to go make a comment. The link for the pistol brace, when there is a comment period, it starts and it is entered into the federal register that will have a link on that to get to the comment section. And I agree hundred percent what you're saying. I will say this as well. Uh, first of all, mandatory carry says, Oh, please do say what part of shall not be infringed. Do you not understand dummy? Please do exactly that. A little tongue in cheek there, but you know, we all want to do that, right? No, we, we all say want. that's what yeah. we're thinking. That's what <laughs> we're thinking, right? So, so under your breath, say that to yourself while you're typing, but don't type that. Yep. I would say, as far as my strategy towards comments, and this is the strategy that I use, mm-hmm. uh, I think that you do something similar. <clears throat> um, what I would suggest you do, and if you've never done this before. I'm not saying you've never commented, but if you never use a strategy, it, it actually might help you. It helps me because when I start typing or writing, my mind's going 11 different directions and I it gets all crazy. So what I do is I will start up like a notepad or something on my phone or my computer, literally even a piece of paper and pen. I, I keep little pads of paper with me everywhere I go at my desk and here and all of that. And I just scribble stuff I'm, I'm in the middle of the day. I'll just scribble something down that I, so I don't forget it. Um, but if, if you're wanting to make a comment and let's just say it's on the pistol brace when it happens, let's just say, let's utilize that. And what I want you to do is try this is do bullet points, write down every single reason why you think that you want to, that you want to put in that comment not a paragraph on each, just bullet points. And if there's seven different things that you want to put in your comment, your seven bullet points, that's seven comments individually. I suggest that you not write a long war and peace 
letter to the ATF in a comment with 11 different topics in that. Write 11 different comments, and each comment being one to two paragraphs at the most, but be it succinct, be direct, be as, as much as you can, be intellectual with how you write, um, copy and paste, and, and then change words if you like the structure of someone. But instead of writing one comment with 11 different sections, write 11 different comments with one section each. I promise you, I personally would rather read a two-paragraph comment than if I see something that's got 11,000 words in it, I'm just going to sit there and say, hey, intern, you got this. Um, not even going to read it, but try it that way. And you might actually, as you're writing down your bullet point list, you might say, oh, you know what? I want to add this that you might not have remembered if you just start sitting down typing. Keep everything organized, succinct. If you have 11 bullet points that you want to talk about, then do 11 separate comments. There is no limit as to how many comments you can send in. So uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add to that. I was going to wait till you were done and say, hey, if you make your 11 comments and a week later, comment periods are still up and you think of something or you hear somebody say something and you go, whoa, that's a cool idea. Go back and comment 12 times. That's, that's There's okay. nothing wrong or, with that. Do it. Or 1,100 times if you want. Right. Do it. G, you know, G-Webs was live earlier. I think he said it was like, 17,000 comments or something. And I go, yeah, I'm only responsible for like 10,000 of those. So right. we're doing good. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, G's out there. Uh, G, you probably weren't here earlier in the show, but um, I do want to say thank you to you if you're still out there. Four years on YouTube. And G is the OG, but G uh, is my mentor, probably Clover mentor. A lot of people's mentor, not necessarily how to do YouTube, but how to navigate all that entails this YouTube sphere. And what's um, beautiful is he he totally hates you saying that, I'm sure. He absolutely hates me saying that. Uh, he won't talk to me for another month because of I said that. But I want, I saw him out there, and I do want to say Smeggy's one of his other ones. Um, like I said, gun channels really helped a lot of us back early in the day. But thank you, person to the G-Webs. Um, for helping me navigate this this crazy train that is YouTube. So one more thing, if I may, on this column of comments that I think is important for people out there to realize. Even if it's a ob obs very obscure thing, right? You're reading through this proposed rule change and you see something and you go, hey, that's not right. I don't agree with that. Right? Note. It could be very, it could be buried, I don't know how many pages down in an obscure paragraph somewhere. And you see that and you're like, this don't make any sense. I don't, that may be something 17,000 other people have glossed over, right? Yep. Comment on that. Why? That may be the one thing that sticks in their crawl and they go, oh, snap. If we do this, the court's going to strike it down. Mm -hmm. You may come up with the one thing that's the Achilles heel for the whole thing. You might just come up with that. So be vigilant, read the things. Again, come up with your own words. You may be the one that stops it. You never know. Master Spookums says, hello. Hello, Master Spookums. We're getting ready to shut off for the night, but uh, thanks for joining. And I, haven't, I don't think I've seen Master Spookums out there before. So welcome to the dark side, my it's friend. A pretty welcome cool to... name. I think he's already on the dark side with a name like that. He is. He might be the leader of the dark <laughs> He might very well be. Like, damn. 
that's that and i love the avatar that's pretty badass you know um but yeah um midnight range <clears throat> he had to jump out obviously he said this is going to be tough to talk them out of banning braces they want them gone and, and and i think to some extent i think he's right i think not banning braces i think it's going to be tough to get them away from regulating braced firearms um i think they're not going to ban i truly don't think they're going to ban them because i still think you've got a, a very large supreme court and the disability act but i think it's definitely going to be something um with a regulation with a tax stamp and or something like you and midnight were talking about earlier if you're going yep. to have a brace you got to have a doctor's note something I to the but I also really think this hinges as well on the receiver thing and what happens with it. No, I think that that, that is something that a, a lot of people probably aren't thinking about. And, and there's been a lot of people are probably in and out since you brought that up. Those. So I actually ask you if you can go back and kind of refresh people because um, I think that's a valid point on the two pieces of ATF definitions that yeah. – May not seem like they're connected, but I think they are. You brought up a great point. If you don't mind going back and maybe giving the cliff notes of what you said earlier. Yeah, I don't I don't remember it exactly, but you know, if you look at the brace stuff, it talks a lot. In fact, it's all put in the perspective of a point system. And when you're talking about a point system, you're talking about an importer, a manufacturer, you're talking about something like that, not the average person, right? Right. So they're not right. talking about the average person in that rule proposal at all. But yet they're talking about the average person. As far as the, the point goes. Right. Yes. As far as the point system, how's the average person to know that point system, right? Because that's yeah. something set up for, again, the FFLs, the dealers, the the uh, distributors, the importers, that side of thing, the industry side of things, right? Not the regular person. So are they hinging the brace thing, hedging their bet on a win with the receiver things, which then basically bans us from, as private citizens, building our own firearms, right? And right. then they did. They didn't address that in the brace because they foresee winning on that on that front. So is it just a, an extension? And so, if if that's the case, and I'm not saying that's the case, I'm just saying that that's something I see yeah. with the yeah. language of the brace bill. Right? Is yeah. let's throw all of our effort into squashing this receiver idea, and then that makes the brace thing even more invalid, in my opinion. Yeah. No doubt. No, and, and I think I didn't really think about them being connected, but you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, once again, the ATF might be going through death by a thousand cuts, you know, um, which is scary, but uh, yeah, it, it's been a phenomenal conversation. Thank you to Travis midnight range team out there. He was in here earlier. He had to jump out. He's still out there in the chat. Make sure you go check him out. He has the closer it's Sunday nights at 9.30-ish Central Time, 10.30 Eastern-ish um, on Sunday night over on his channel. It's a really fun um, show slash podcast, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they talk two-way stuff, and then they had just have a good time. with. You know, I'm on there quite a bit. Clover's on there. Uh, just a bunch of people that are friends just hanging out and kind of talking about what has happened in the last week. So it's a phenomenal time to be there. Go check him out. And thanks for Travis for uh, jumping on when you can. Say hi to little man and to Mia Forrest. Um, 
Clove, like I said, is there anything else that you want to kind of close up or bring up that we talked about? Um, if not, please tell us people out there where they can find you and what you've got going on. Not really. I, I did not take the opportunity early to say happy four year YouTube anniversary. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I didn't realize it until um, my daughter called this morning and she was like, it's her, it's her lab. And everyone knows that this beautiful, she's a beautiful black lab and uh, it's her birthday, three year old birthday. And I was like, I know that my YouTube anniversary is sometime in June. Like, I remember it being in June because I remember it being blazing balls hot when I filmed my first video back in the day. And so I went into my my uh, thing and saw my first video, and it was June 8th. I was like, oh, snap, it's my four. I didn't know until this morning. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things that makes you reflect in four years. And like my wife said earlier, I can't believe you're still doing this. I never would have thought you'd last in a month. Uh, neither did I. <laughs> All right. uh, you're you've been on a little bit longer than I have. Um, you're not not, not really it. serious about it, but yeah, I've been on since really 2015. True. So um, May May something was my or was it March? Either March or May starts with M. Um, was my sixth year on YouTube, but technically only my really my four year as far as being. Go and get it serious. I'm serious about it. Yeah. 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 Cause I knew that you were a, a, a two or three months. And that would make sense. May probably, or March, probably you were a couple, three months ahead of me as far as uh, when we were first meeting each other, I was like, man, I've been doing this for like a, a few weeks. And you said, I've been doing this for a few months, something like that. When we met on a channel, we will not speak of uh, yeah. live chat. Um, so yeah, not the, hashtag, not the hashtag channel for those, not the curious. hashtag, I'll just, uh, just, uh, the fish break, uh, we'll just yeah. say fish break channel, fish break. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A good one. We'll just, yeah, sure. But no, uh, people don't know where to find me, then uh, they don't deserve to know where to find me. That's all I got to say. Cause it all, it, seriously, all it takes is a Google of Clover tag. So yeah. most everybody you're out there knows where to find me. Jaeger, you're, you brought up Jaeger earlier and that's Jaeger's famous line is, if you're too stupid to find out how to sign up for a class of mine, then I don't want you at my class. Uh, <laughs> right. You know. uh, G web says you two are in YouTube boot together. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, there were okay. channels. Boot. There were, yeah. Man, I tell you what, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, there were times that you and I and like Smeggy or sometimes just me, you and G we're on the phone or a chat for hours, like sometimes at like four in the morning, hours yep. early yep. on and, and trying to learn how to navigate and learning different things. And to this very day, you and I, uh, we should not have gone to SHOT Show our first year. Nope. We have gone. We would probably not the second year. Probably <laughs> the second year. Honestly, yeah. Right. Um, had you webs not told us how to navigate certain things and, and all of that. So it's not just the channel, it's it's everything. It's it's building a brand, building a business, marketing and swag and patches and everything that he's done for us. Uh, and it's not like I'm going away or anything. It's just it's it's one of those things where I just happen to have an anniversary. What? You're not quitting YouTube? What? I, That's the so, popular thing to do is quitting YouTube. I yeah. Um so yeah, right. you know, I say this, this is a fish break statement. I think better days are ahead on YouTube for, for firearm related content. 
Uh, and you, I've talked to you behind the scenes, G, you know, a lot of people I can't get specific yet. Hopefully in the next few months, I'll be able to, uh, because I've been working on this for a very, very long time for over a year now, but I'm telling you, I think better days are ahead. I think we're going to see it. And so that's what also makes me optimistic about the future of 2A, right? And the future of the way society and things go. And politics typically feeds off of society. I mean, if they know that 2A gun people, not even 2A, if they know gun people, right, are a majority of the country, then they're going to be scared to tackle gun-related issues, I think. So it bodes well for us to, if we, even if we're just adding gun people, not 2A people, I think it bodes well for us. Absolutely. Um, knives out there. Knives, one of the very first people we met, um, made a staple over at gun channels, held lobby chats that hell he wasn't even in. He just opened them up for us to go talk and he wasn't even there half the time. Um, OG, and I say OG in a, in a light way because he's very much younger than we are, but an OG of, of gun channels, lobby chats. Uh, but he says, go support your local 2A groups. Yeah. And I want to send a shout out to, a lot of people out there that might be new to guns or and all that that might be interested in what some of the two-way organizations are. Uh, we talked earlier earlier about um, California, and that probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for FPC, the Firearms Policy Coalition out there in California. Brandon, those guys doing phenomenal work everywhere, but especially in California. Uh, so if you're looking for people out there to support follow uh go go do some research on firearms policy coalition go do some research on gun owners of america second amendment foundation the nra yes i said the nra um regardless of what you may think and what i think oh i'm not a member right now but it doesn't mean that i don't keep up what's going on with the nra and hopefully everything works out for the best with the nra but um but yeah those are the national level ones there's there's many many other ones um, you know, people don't think about this, but USPC, USPSA, if, if you're a competitive shooter, IDPA, Three Gun, Cowboy, those organizations are 2A organizations as well because you're you're exercising your 2A rights by enjoying those competitions. So if you're a competitive shooter out there, you know, Look at whatever organization you shoot with, and I'm sure that they have an arm of their organization that does two-way work. Um, they use some a lot, utilize some of those membership th the uh, fees and dues to, to do two-way stuff. But you know, then go check your state. You know, most states are going to have um, whether it's an NRA arm or a GOA arm or SAF arm. Um, that's going to be in the state and even at the local level, sometimes even your local gun ranges will um, do a lot of good work and all of that. So yeah, it, there's a lot of great ones out there that, um, that if you're new to the two way or new to guns that, and you say, well, I really would like to help. We're talking about the two way. We're talking about fighting and all of that tonight. There are a lot of ways that you can fight, uh, but I would suggest this. I'm going to bring Clover in here in a second. Sorry. Uh, I will forget my train of thought, but don't let ha what happened with the NRA and other organizations over the years happen again. A lot of people got complacent. They gave their 20 bucks or whatever it is a year to these different organizations and said, here's my money. I've done my job. You know, they're going to handle all the two way stuff for me. 
And we've seen what happens when you just turn a blind eye and say, here's my money. Um, take care of it for me. We, we see what happens. The same thing happens in politics. Your, your obligations to our society and to our country do not end when you cast your ballot for whoever you're voting for in our representative constitutional republic. Um, you've got to hold those people that you are electing to the fire and let them know that I voted for you, but I'm not just voting and walking away saying, all right, I voted, he's elected, she's elected, whatever, uh, go do your thing. No, we've got to make sure that we're keeping up with what they're doing because if they go against what they said they were going to do, then it's your responsibility and others in your community to not bring them back. Make sure they know that this is a temp job at best. Being my representative, whether it's at this, the local, state, county, federal level, being a politician is a temp job. It's only temporary if you make it temporary. So they need to understand that if you don't do your job, you won't have a job. And and, that, and that's that's kind of my rant for the day. You want to say something? Go ahead, Clove. They got to know what job to do, right? And I think that's yep. what you're getting at. If we're not Absolutely. involved... They don't know what job to do, so we have to be involved. That holds true for politics the same way that it holds true for the two A organizations. Um, also, and I've seen that I've seen a shift. I used to be a Texas State Rifle Association uh, regional director, and so uh, uh, several years back, I would have told you TSRA is the bee's knees here in Texas. We had an awesome lobbyist for TSRA at the time. She's since retired, and I think that's part of the downfall of them. But you have multiple organizations, as you pointed out, and at any given time, one can step up and do better work than others. As far as this particular session, it's been GOA Texas and Rachel Malone without a shadow of a doubt. Now, the Texas State Rifle Association, uh, Texas Handgun Association, uh, Texas Freedom Force, uh, Texas Carry, there's a bunch of different organizations that have all chipped in. Uh, and all been a part of the fight and all been helpful. But again, it, as Go said, you know, I'll just end on on what you said and, and just reaffirm that, that, you know, just paying your dues is not enough. It's not enough. Uh, you have to be active as well. You have to be make sure that not only that those organizations are doing just like politicians, what you want them to do, but you also have to join in the fight. You have to make those calls. You have to write those letters. You have to make those meetings, those hearings, um, as, as Pat right pointed out. The ATF, that's part of your right. responsibility. Well, as, well. As, as Pat pointed out, we're going to something as simple as a commissioner's court meeting, right? Yep. Uh, anytime that we've discussed here, uh, you know, sanctuary, for example, is really the only thing, or if there's like something to do with the range outside the city limits in the county or something like that. I'm there. Now I'm not there for off the wall stuff that I could care. I don't really, I'm not that passionate about like road right. bridge and road crew or something. You know, I just, it's like, I've got a pretty good commissioner. Honestly, he handles everything. I don't have any complaints. So you light up on X, Y, Z street. Right. I mean, Both. there's, you know, and you got to make a decision. I mean, but if two A is important to you, you show up for those particular things for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Um, what you got coming up, you have any cool podcasts or projects or no. thing in the, in the mix coming up? Wait, no, Frickin' Abbott signed 
constitutional carry. I did a did a, had to do a podcast today because I was I had to admit that I was wrong. Uh, and I had a, a viewer sub from you. I'm not gonna lie, you've been lying to us this whole time, so I didn't sub from you. I know it was horrible. Uh, but no, I had a had a viewer call me out, and I totally was misunderstanding the way that it works once a bill is passed in um in con in Congress, you would call it Congress in the in the legislature, I guess it would be. Um and then the governor, as far as the time frame, he has to sign it. I was confused. I knew there was a 10 day and a 20 day, but the way that that failed, depending on the session, I, I misunderstood all of that. And I had a viewer set me straight and he linked to uh, the Texas rules, whatever it was. And I read through them and I'm okay. like, dude, I, I have thought that the wrong way this whole time and been telling people wrong. And I'm like, you know what? I'm man enough. I'm going to just put people need to know the correct information uh, more than me manning up, to be honest. And I'm like, I'm going to go, have a podcast, admit I was wrong, say, hey, here's the code, here's where how it's supposed to be, my apologies. And then we uh, also played an excerpt from a, because last week I did a podcast saying what I thought Governor Abbott was was doing in waiting on this, right? Which was he was waiting for, make a big hoopla and have a big ceremony, and that takes time to schedule, considering he's dealing with the flooding, and he's dealing with the border, and he's dealing with other things, right? With state police and protection and making sure he's protected in the this public. I mean, yeah, a lot of yeah. and, and, and coordinating schedules with other politicians, you know, that, that want to be there, need to be there. And so that was last week. I had that podcast speculating that was the reason. And then he, lo and behold, he went, I, I played an interview on the podcast earlier where he said exactly that. He's like, I am going to sign this and this and this. And on top of that, he said, and you know, we we're trying to plan a big signing ceremony for this and this. So all of my uh, speculation was confirmed in that. And so, I, you know, like again, had a, a podcast because there's a lot of people worried about he hadn't signed it yet. Was it nefarious? Is there shenanigans going on? What's, you know, it's all this negative culture that we got. People are, I don't understand why people are so used to losing that they automatically go to that defeatist attitude, you know? Uh, but it's it's a thing. Unfortunately, people see us as getting beat down all the time. And I see the losses. Don't get me wrong, but also see the wins, you know, um, and I don't let those losses overcome the feeling of I know what it feels like to win. Right. And I don't let those losses beat me down to a point that I can't relish in the wins. And again, see that we're moving things forward as far as content on the channel. Like I said, we got that. I'll, I'll go live when I get. Uh, we into that, know about that, try to do something. We're going to have a party once it's signed. Um, and then we're moving on to the tons and tons and tons of other content with reviews and <laughs> just the fun stuff you like to do on a gun tuber channel. Right. Uh, okay. we get to get back to some of that and, uh, and the regular course of business, uh, and there'll be obviously receiver comment brace comment you know putting stuff out and making people aware of that of course you know as well as i do there's much much larger channels than us with much much greater reach than us that are pushing those national issues so um that's where i felt that i needed to step up on a state level this legislative session to get that taken care of uh, and i'm not going to be absent on federal issues but uh i'm certainly not going to take uh, uh, quite the role that i have uh here in texas over the last few weeks but yeah, it's a great conversation. Uh, it went for two and a half hours now. Yeah, two and a half hours. It's crazy. It, it's, it's <laughs> enough, kind of. I mean, two hours is normal, but 
Uh, great conversation. I want to send a shout out to my my beautiful daughter out there. Uh, she I says, her out there. And uh, so uh, I was talking about you earlier, and and I want to wish my my grand puppy. Um, <laughs> guys, I've heard it all, and I've probably said it all. Yeah. Um, but happy birthday to my grandpup over there, Callie, uh, her black lab, uh, is her third birthday. And what I love what my daughter did is she made it a 21st year old birthday because of dog ears. So everything was based like they got, she got like a, a, a beer can and stuff like that saying she's legal. And I thought that was a really cool take on a third birthday for a dog. So in human years, she's 21. So she's legal to drink. So I thought that was a, a pretty fun take on that. But, uh, Yes, guys out there, and um, yeah, um, the fact that she's out here listening to me is kind of weird because she never listens to me. But she must want something. She must. Uh, she must need something. I'm just kidding. Uh, got to spend the day with her Friday. This past Friday, we went up to University of Arkansas, which is about a three-hour drive, and um, watched the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks play in the NCAA baseball regionals. We hosted it. Number one in the country. Uh, my first time to be in that stadium. It's the is the been ranked as the number one stadium in college baseball. We have the number one team in the nation, and it was a remarkable day to spend watching baseball with my daughter. Um, my daughter obviously is you know um, she played college softball, so she's it's not like she went up there going I hate baseball with my dad. This is gonna be the worst ever. She actually was excited, and we went up there, spent the day up there watching games and. I had a great time, but yeah, the fact that she's out here watching my shit uh, scares me because she must want something, but uh, love you and uh, talk to you soon. Um, but yeah, um, it is what it is. As far as us, yeah, um, I don't even know where to begin. I, I really, it's starting to get over. I, I keep getting new stuff in from different companies all the time. And every time I get something in, I, I get a little bit more depressed because I just don't have the time that I would like that, especially right now. My job is starting the busy time, um, but you're going to start seeing floods of stuff here coming out because I, uh, she says, love you. I love you too. I don't know if you're, if you're being serious or being sarcastic. She's a lot like me. So she's a little bit sarcastic, uh, but I'm going to take it as she's saying she actually does love me. So I love you too, sweetheart. Um, She's probably making a joke about it. Matter of fact, I think she's talking to my wife on the phone right now. Um, so it was what it is. But anyways, yeah, uh, we're going to start seeing a lot of videos coming out uh, of different gear, um, a lot of different stuff. We will obviously be keeping you up to date on um, all the stuff that's going on the two-way if, if we can. Like, like Clover said, there's a lot bigger channels, a lot bigger reach taking care of that. But if there's something that kind of comes across to me, that that i feel maybe a section or part of this that is personal to me i uh, might do something nonetheless uh, be looking on facebook or on my community tab and i will be doing a lot of putting links out there um, and all that stuff that you can link to different things so be looking out on that as well um, as far as um, anything else going on i can't think of it i'm not I, I, my mind is mush so uh, yeah Mandatory Carrie says she's calling my wife saying, Mom, make dad stop embarrassing me on the internet. Hey, it is what it is. You're the one who jumped in, kid. You're the one who jumped in. At that point, it's free game. Um, but no. Um, 
anyways yeah thank you so much for watching all the guys out there gals that were watching live phenomenal two and a half hours into this and it, and it was a great conversation don't let that conversation stop utilize the comment section below more importantly turn your own camera on all you need is a phone turn your own camera on and put your thoughts out there put your beliefs out there and go live out there yourself um we need as many two-way voices in this social media realm as we can get because the more we get the more that we are viable they have to start listening to us so don't be afraid to turn your cameras on if you're interested in turning your cameras on and you need some help contact myself or clover or any of the creators out there we're more than happy to help more importantly check out thursday night's chats at uh at eight central nine eastern over in clover tech channel it's called clover tech podcast studio yeah, it's a studio where he talks all about the tech side and the ins and outs of starting and and in the middle of it and branding and everything that has to do with being a youtuber and all of that stuff um listen to it thursday nights and then go back and listen to the back catalog for the last few years great information we literally probably clover if there's a topic that has to do with being an influencer or whatever you want to call us on social media that we haven't discussed i'd be surprised we we beat the horse to death multiple i think we've covered everything multiple times and you have to right as part of sure. I mean, things evolve policies change different platforms gain more or less or lose gain power or lose power as far as reach and things like that so you know you got to keep everything fresh um but yeah it's getting pretty close to time and somebody asked i think it was guns and barbecue had asked the other night when we're going to do a channel promotion and review episode. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, sure. And so I think maybe next week I got, I got something on deck for this week, but I think maybe next week we're going to kick back and, and uh, hopefully review. And we do that mostly, you know, just to promote them, but you know, look sure. at their channel and their thumbnails and look at a lot of their, their different stuff. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out some uh, cool new channels you may not know about, then uh, next up next week's episode will be a good one. Um, do you want to divulge what Thursday's topic is going to be yet? Or no? yeah, we're going to bring Swamp Dog Armory in. He went to the IB eighty eight eighty eight suit, um, and he's doing a lot of stuff uh, with three D. And so I'm going to let him come in and I'm going to kind of give him the floor a little bit. We'll have questions for him, I'm sure. But uh, let him kind of talk about 3D because that's something I'm not up to speed on. That yeah, sounds interesting. I'm not smart enough to see three-dimensional. So <laughs> three-dimensional uh, firearm related content. That could be, that, that could be interesting. be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot. For, I, I want to say one thing before I go, I'm not I'm trying to give you hell a and a out there. He says NRA has been pretty worthless for many years, but they love your money. Please don't spread that shit. Um, the NRA has some amazing things that they do. The ILA, which is the political arm of the I, of the NRA, the ILA, I would say, yeah, they've been kind of shady for a while, but and I'm not trying to get on to you, but the NRA to this very day still holds some very, very, very important things that, that are gun related, whether it's youth, whether it's instruction, whether it's training. Um 
So putting that blanket statement out there, especially with newer gun owners out there, they hear the word NRA is worthless. That's hurtful uh, to our cause as a whole. If you want to say the ILA is worthless or the ILA hasn't done much, they love our money. I got no problem with that. But throwing a blanket and just disregarding everything that the NRA has done for 100 plus years on everything that's not political is kind of a slap in the face because they are still a variable, very viable and important entity when it comes to certain aspects of what we do in the firearm uh, world that we live in. Uh, I'm not trying to give you shit, but I hear that a lot from a lot of people. You're not the only one. And as much as a lot of us don't agree with some of the, the antics that the NRA and ILA have done, throwing a blanket statement that the NRA is worthless is hurtful to our cause. So it is not if you're new to the to our, our, our industry, our community, our way of life, and someone tells you the NRA is worthless, run from them. Run from them very quickly um, because they're, they're spreading fake news and they're spreading um, – propaganda that is hurtful towards us i'm not saying that you a and a are i'm just saying please be careful and, and choose your words uh choose your words carefully when you start doing stuff like that because throwing the nra in a big big thing is is not a good thing saying they're worthless as they're not um anyways yeah yeah and g was right nra national com- competitions that qualify for sponsorships college grants three nra museums a traveling nra museum written material that have led our industry and community gain the standing that we have. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, it is what it is, but thank you so much for watching live. I love you guys. Thank you for the patrons, for the channel members, a big shout out to Lucy out there. Ricardo is the newest channel member came in today. Thank you to everyone that gave super chats, uh, super chats. They're not asked for, but they're very much appreciated that they go towards sending care packages to our troops down, down range. So uh, thank you for that. If you're watching in replay or listening in podcast form and you have a question or a comment for myself, for Clover, for midnight range, whatever it is, utilize the comment section below and we'll most definitely try to get um, those answered or, and all of that. And uh, it is one of those things that uh, we appreciate the interaction. We appreciate the engagement if you're interested in what we do, you like what we do, and you haven't subscribed, subscribe to myself, to Clover, to anyone out there that you're seeing that are content creators. Um, more importantly, watch our stuff, share our stuff, comment on our stuff. I love getting comments on our videos. Um, so all of that stuff's important to, to most of us. I'm not saying to all creators, but most of us that actually give a damn, the comments are probably the most important thing that I look forward to are the comments, whether they're negative or positive, it doesn't matter. I just like getting the interaction. Um, but yeah, check out everybody. Um, check out, I'm not going to lie. If you're interested and you like what we're doing, you want to support, there's always room in the ghost squad over at Patreon or in the YouTube channel memberships. Um, we're not going to ask you to go do that, but if that's something you want to do, then uh, we would love to have you join the family over there. So Thank you so much for watching. Thank you. It's been a wonderful four years on YouTube. Uh, if you're joining late, today was my fourth anniversary of the first video on YouTube. It is by far the worst video I ever put out there. It literally was shot selfie style at the uh, at the range, but it still gets views to this day, which is hilarious to me. But it's been a, a really weird, strange, cool ride, and I look forward to a lot of years coming up. 
and all of that. Thank you to everyone. And um, thanks to everyone. Smeggy, you want to jump in? I'll give you the link. Uh, we're getting ready to go off air, but if you want to jump in in the after chat, uh, I'll put the link out there and you can come in and talk. G, if you want to come in, you got a link in your email, bud. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Simplify.